Who the fuck starts a conversation like that? I just sat down. Hey, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Friday. This is Shelly. You're talking your mouth. Mama, we're talking trash and truth. I don't even know who I am today. I could be anybody. And this is Coffee and Chaos with T3. That's me. Uh, I did plan on canceling this morning, but then I slept more and I woke up and I felt better. So we'll see how it goes. I ate breakfast this morning, so I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Let's see who's out here today. T-Rex, glad you're feeling better. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate that. Hello, Rabbit. How are you, my love? I hope you're having a happy Friday. Uh, T-Rex. Who the fuck starts a conversation like that? I just said that. That's one of my favorite lines because that's something I would say. I'm like, God damn it, I just sat down. I used to tell my kids, what do you think? I have springs on my ass? Every time I sit down, they're like, Ma, I need, oh yeah, right back up. Um, Lady Awesome. Good day, good day. She said, Grand Risings, beautiful souls. T-Rex, six days till Thanksgiving. Stop. I just realized that this morning. I was like, oh, crap. I got to do the grocery shopping again. I really, I don't want to do grocery shopping anymore. It's so expensive. But we'll get there. Um, Outpost nerd. Morning, babe. Morning, morning. So, okay. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, I have nothing to talk about. I have nothing prepared. I don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. I'll cancel for tomorrow. And then, of course, I talked to somebody this morning that goes, yeah, but are, do you really, you, you want to be there for them? I'm like, you, fine. I was like, I feel good enough. I just, I'm not going to give them that great a show. So it's going to be a pretty chill show, despite what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Rabbi said, I'll be gone this weekend and most of next week. I know you're taking all our hearts with you, honey. We'll be thinking of you. If you need anything, please reach out, even if it's just to, you know, have somebody yell at you can yell at me it's okay i'll let you um but i i do wish you have really the best memories 
with with your great granddaughter this week. I do. Get as many as you can. And remember that we love you. Uh, T-Rex. And that's why my rich aunt and uncle host Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no, it's just me. Rabbit, you love bullshit with us. I do. I do love bullshit with you. I just don't like to come here and be blah. And I woke up. Well, no, last night when I was feeling sick, I was very like, oh, I was like, I don't want to do anything. I fell asleep in the middle of winning stream because I got sick and then I was just like exhausted. And I, I woke up as he was ending it. I was like, have a great time, everybody. <laughs> Crap. I was like, oh, well, I don't like letting anybody down. And it's surprising how often I do just that. But, um, for anybody out there who doesn't know, today's Friday. It's November 17th. It's 8.06 on the Eastern Seaboard. I'm coming at you from New Jersey. And if you couldn't tell by the accent. And I think it's supposed to be a relatively nice day today. Yesterday was hot. Like, it was hot yesterday. It got up to, like, 65, which, all right, it's not springtime hot. It's fall hot. But still, it went from 65 and then dropped down to like 30 in 20 minutes. And I was like, I hate when it gets super, super cold. That's when all the jammies come out. All the fleece jammies, all the hoodies. Everything comes, it moves from the back of the closet to the front of the closet. My son came out here in this big furry, not a big furry thing, but it's like this big velvet, uh, not even, what is it? That damn Sherpa kind of thing. Like the one of those blankets, but they make it into a hoodie and it's ginormous. He came out with that yesterday. I was like, oh, guess winter got here early. He was like, love this fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, I know. He wears it. It's so funny because then I'll steal it every once in a while. But when I wear it, it comes down to my knees and the sleeves like cover my hands. They like, you know, I look like I have you know, midget arms. I outpost. No. Furry? No. My son is not a furry. Stop it. Um, Rabbit said I was raised Catholic, then became Methodist, Methodist through marriage, but still a closet Catholic. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. Because I watched Joe last night, right? And I watched him with these... He was watching this debate between a rabbi and, you know... Um, a Muslim, um, I don't know, what are they called? The priests. I guess a Muslim leader or whatever, a religious leader. I don't want to, like, misspeak. But I watched it, and it was just, there was so much animosity. And they just, they kept talking, it felt like they were talking around things. And that's every time I talk to somebody about religion, they're talking around something. They never just actually say what they think or say what they feel. And here's my thing. I, I did a video way back about my walk with God. And a lot of people that met me on here, they, they listened to it and they were like, you know, that surprised me. Because you don't strike me as somebody who's religious. Uh, Alpo said the meanest, worst person I ever worked with said she was a devout Catholic. She 
You get fired and arrested for stealing a $200 bottle of booze. Well, I mean, to be fair, maybe she wanted to bring it to the priest and have him, you know, consecrate it. You don't know. Um, Catholic Catholics, uh, I'll I'll give it to you. Like we we can be hard people. We can we be we can be very very harsh, and it's we're very um. I don't know the ones that I grew up with. We didn't really talk to people outside our religion much. We didn't know anybody outside our religion because we didn't go to different you know different churches. Like I I remember. We had a bus driver uh, that some of the kids used to like take the bus to school or whatever. Even though it was like Catholic school, we had a private bus service for the kids that lived like in the next town over. And it only lasted like maybe two years. And the bus driver was a Seventh day Adventist. And I remember he was telling us about it because he was just, you know, letting the kids off and he's. He's like, oh, you know, you you girls, you ever go to church? And we go to Catholic school, stupid. Like, of course we go to church. And he was like, oh, I go to church too. I go to, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And when he, we were like, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." like, we're not trying to be rude about it. He left and it bothered me all day. I get home and I told my grandma, I said, what's a Seventh-day Adventist? Because we didn't have the internet. Like, if my parents or my grandparents or my uncle didn't know the answer, then I was not finding out. Because you didn't go to the library to look this shit up. So it was like, what is that? She, first of all, she dropped the dish that was in her hand in the sink. She turned like I had told her that the devil walked me home and gave me his number. Like, it was that bad. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And she was like, where did you hear that? I guarantee you, I could have walked in that door going, fuck, fuck, that dick, whatever. And she would have been better than if I had said, what's the seventh day Adventist? <laughs> She'd have lost her shit if I was like, hey, what's a Baptist? <laughs> like, what's a Jehovah's Witness? She would have fucking shit herself. And it was just like, I was like, what is it? She was like, oh, did you meet one of them? I was like, yes. What is it? They're cultists. They're what? That was the very first time I'd heard about cults. She said, oh, she goes, they're like those Krishna people. And these are all things I was like, all she did was give me a list of questions that I wanted answered and nobody was going to answer them. Nobody. Like that was one teeny tiny question. She could have just been like, it's a different kind of religion. They're not Catholic, but they're Christian. You know, and they have a church somewhere in Hoboken, whatever. That's what she could have said. No. It was, where did you meet them? What did they say? Oh my God. So now I'm intensely curious because I'm like, she's having such a reaction. Why? Like, I don't get it. Like, why are you being so weird about this? And it was just, I tried to ask my mother. My mother's like, where'd you meet one of those? She's like, the furthest I go is your father. He's He's a... He's Lutheran. She, I think that's all he is. I was like, okay. Or he, I forget if he was Lutheran or Protestant, uh, one of those two. And it was just a, I don't know, we didn't go to confession or whatever when we went to his church, which to me was just weird. Because I mean, I grew up Catholic. I mean, for those who don't know, 
or who don't know me, I was literally baptized and everything by the time I was seven days old. My godmother is a nun from Italy. It's my grandfather's sister. And I have I have two. I have the I have my um godmother of the house and godmother of the church. So my godmother of the church was my um aunt, and I can't even say I think her name was like Philomena or something. But she was from Italy. She hated my father. She did it as a favor for her brother, which was my father's father, but she hated my father. So she said that I would never have days happiness. That's what she told my mother and father. She said, I'm her godmother. Here's what I give you. She's never going to be happy. She's never going to be happy because you're never going to be happy. So she put a curse on me. My own godmother fucking cursed me. And she's a friggin' Vatican goddamn nun. So it's like, mm-hmm. great. That's great. Thanks. I think she's dead now. I don't know. She was old as Jesus then. Uh, and then my godmother of the house was my Aunt Anne, who's not really my aunt at all, but they always made me call her Aunt Anne, which was weird to me. But yeah, that was my beginnings in life. Like they, cause they didn't think I would last very long. I was four pounds. So they had me baptized right away. As soon as I came out on Easter Sunday. And sure enough, like I survived it. So on them. Uh, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Wait, what? Outposts. I already read that. T-Rex, I've never had a problem saying what I think about religion. I'm agnostic. I lean towards God being real, but I don't know. I haven't had the baptism by fire moment yet. I had that early on. Very early on. Um... But do I consider myself an, I do consider myself a non-practicing Catholic. Uh, I haven't slept since yesterday. I had a two-stopper this morning delivery at 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. Then I get to sleep as soon as they unload this trailer. Good. Nerd said my grandfather was raised Catholic but converted to Baptist when he met my grandmother. My great aunt told him he was going to hell from my granny. And I never met her because she said that. Yeah. But see, this is what I'm talking about. Why is religion so just, oh, so emotional and dramatic and people get all torn up about it? I mean, I don't, I don't care what you believe. I just hope you believe in something. Yeah, I hope you believe in something good and beneficial. I don't. You know, I, I'm not fond of Satan worshipers, I can tell you that. I know they exist. I think they're retarded, but, you know, to each his own. I, I, can't, I can't save anybody's soul. They got to do that themselves. I don't believe anybody can save your soul. That's your job. Can they inspire you, guide you? Sure. But can they actually do anything, anything to you? No. I think they can help you corrupt your soul really quickly, but save it. No, that's, that's all up to you. And even really the corruption is up to you as well. You know, there's no way 
that you can look at religion and go, oh, this is easy peasy. There's so many layers, so many layers. So like I said, I was watching them on Joe's last night and they were just, they were going at each other. And all I could think was, besides the fact that they were like going around the topic and just personally attacking one another, I kept thinking, why are they so mean? Like, you're defending your faith. Okay, I get that. Wouldn't it be better to come at it from a more positive place than an accusatory place? I mean, I know religion, it's just not cool anymore, right? Like, people don't talk about God. They're reluctant to talk about God. They're reluctant to talk about their place in the world with God. I tend to be that person. I tend to, when people talk about Jesus and everything, I just nod my head. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't want to take part of the conversation. I would love to jump into the conversation. But people get personal and they judge you and they'll come at you. Oh, who are you to tell me about God? You did da 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 and I guess that's because people are not very godlike, but it sucks because they try to demean you so that your opinion on religion doesn't matter. Like it, it negates you like, oh, you know, screw you. You're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to tell me, you know, that I'm doing this or that you're doing that. Like, how dare you think your way is better? Now, I've had people say, oh, you think that, you know. I don't think I know shit. I think I know I learn constantly about different religions. I know I love to have conversations about, you know, the Jewish religions, the Jewish, you know, religion, the Jewish traditions, you know, their laws, the different things that they do. I had an Egyptian friend um, in school. She was an aide. I love talking about her, you know, talking to her about, um, about the Quran about you know her traditions and everything and there were a lot of things in common with like um the jewish traditions like a lot of the rules were the same and it just it amazed me because the more i learned about different religions more i was like they're so similar why is everybody so divided on them like why is it mine is but that's it's almost like they defend their religion like they defend their favorite baseball team or their favorite football team like anybody else's is just crap like mine is the only one i have the best and that's weird to me because i would think if you're truly a spiritual and religious person you would just want people to be saved regardless you know, instead of making them conform to your religion or making them agree with everything that you believe, why can't you respect their beliefs and just hope for the best for them that they're getting it right on their end enough to reap the benefits in the hereafter? Like, why doesn't that happen? Um, press our hand three out one day. I need to find a way to wash my chest. Yeah, all right. So chat is not about this, so I'm not reading chat. Um, I'm just going to talk. So the thing with me is, all right, so like I said, I started out baptism by fire, baptism by crazy nun, you know, and it's just like, all right. So I started out with godparents who really, they didn't give a shit. You know, my godfather is my mother's brother. 
And I think you all know how my uncle treats me. So he loves to tell me I'm an embarrassment. It's like, okay, thanks. Love you too. Now that he's getting closer to death, he's like, how's Michelle? Is she good? Shut up. You don't care. Fuck you. Uh, I get so aggravated. <laughs> I get so aggravated. But when it comes to religion, like I went, you know, I went to Catholic school. I started in kindergarten. I went to Catholic school all the way through the middle of my junior year when I got expelled for hitting the nun. Um, we're not going to get into that. Just know that she deserved it. Fuck her. Uh, she was not very holy. Not holy at all. I was used to dealing with nuns and priests and, you know, going to mass every first Friday with the school and going to mass every single week with my grandmother. I never miss mass. Never. I was such a good girl. You have no idea. My first album when I was little, we're talking 1975, 76, was a multiple album set. And when I say album for all you youngins, it's an LP. It's remember that thing you put on the record player? DJs go wiki, 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 wiki with it. And no, we actually played them. And you had to be gentle with the music because otherwise you'd scratch the shit out of the album and then you'd be it would just stick and drive you crazy. You had to know all the tricks. You had to know how to, you know, like tape a quarter to the top of the handle so that it wouldn't skip anymore and stuff like that. How to not break the needle, which you could. I didn't know you could, but I did one day and I got yelled at. Um, but that's what happens when you give a record player to a three-year-old. But yeah, no, I, I memorized the entire set of children's Bible stories. And I mean, it was very late. I mean, this was well acted out. It had sound effects for thunder and hooves and all sorts of stuff and swords clashing. And, you know, there was every story that you could think of was in there. And I memorized them all because it was all I had. Um, that was the only thing they felt I should be listening to, which was fine. And it kept me out of their hair. Because I was very interested in it. It had a book that went along with it. And I used to go through the book. And, you know, I just, I got fascinated by the stories. Because to me, that's what they were. I mean, I knew that, you know, they said God existed. My grandmother made sure that, you know, the fan that was in the middle of the living room, the ceiling fan, it had a light fixture. And she told me that half the globe on the light fixture was God. And half the globe was Santa. So either way, somebody was watching me. So I better behave. And of course, I was three years old. So why would I dispute that? I was like, oh, okay. I hated that damn globe. I'd be like, don't look. Don't look. I'm going to break something. <laughs> don't look. Or I was going to like make a face of my grandma. I'd look up the globe and be like, I'm sorry, God. I still do that. Whenever I say something to God, when you guys hear me go, I'm kidding. I physically move and look at the ceiling and I'm like, listen, <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. Do not go there, God. Don't play with me today. You know, because that's how I talk to God. I don't. I have more respect for God and Jesus and saints and everything than you could possibly imagine. I have faith in them i believe in them i talk to them and 
people are always surprised because they're like, you're just not the type. I'm like, no, I'm not the type to throw it in your face. I can't do that. I hate people that do that. When they're like, oh, you know, Jesus will save you. And Jesus said, da, da, da. stop telling me what Jesus said. Well, if you just read the Bible, you know, me and Jesus are fine. I don't need you to tell me what to believe. You know, I grew up with a very strong sense of what I believe. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So don't tell me that I'm wrong for what I believe in. What I believe in is what I believe in. Go believe in your own shit. I don't bother you. I hate when people try to like, they shove their religion on you. And it's like, okay, it sounds, your religion sounds great. I'm happy for you. Keep it. I don't want it. I'm happy where I am, but you're wrong. Why am I wrong? You're not to, you know, be too ironic, but you're not God. Like what the hell? You don't know. How do you know you're not wrong? You know, at least I give you the benefit of the doubt. I say, oh, that's your religion. That's great. You should believe in that. I don't care about kosher. Kosher don't mean crap to me. Do I care that it means something to other people? Absolutely. I would never want to like, you know, have them betray a belief or like overstep because I didn't take it into account. That's why I like to gather information about different traditions and laws and whatever in other religions. And like, I, I still remember like I found a snack Swedish fish that was kosher because my friend, the Egyptian lady, she was like, there's no more snacks anymore. They put like, you know, they put these different things into all these snacks and there's less and less out there that's kosher. She was like, I just want something that's sweet, like something like a gummy, but I can't have a gummy, but I want something. And I found the Swedish fish and I, it had the kosher thing on the back and I brought them to her and I was like, she didn't know I brought like, because I'd already checked and I knew it was kosher and she didn't know that I bought like a whole bunch of them and I had them in this so I gave her one bag and I was like here check if this is kosher oh, oh my goodness oh my goodness oh Miss Michelle Miss Michelle I'm so happy she was like oh I can buy these now I was like I think I got a couple for you and I gave her like I gave her this big bag of all these like individual bags because she only wanted to eat them like a couple at a time and they they get weird fast if they're open in the air and so I gave her all these packets. And she, oh, my goodness. She hugged me till I thought my eyes were going to pop out of my friggin' head. And I was like, girl, it's candy. Relax. She was like, but I haven't had and the, like the, the gelatin gummy. She said, because we can't have gelatin because it's animal fat. And I was like, OK. She was like, but this is kosher. She was like, oh, my goodness. I said, you realize you're going to eat this and it's going to stay in you forever. I was like, this is not biodegrade. It's not natural she said i don't care it's not natural it's sweet and it's kosher that's it like that's all she wanted and it made her so freaking happy it was ridiculous so it was just i was happy to do that for her but i was also happy that i knew you know what to look for and what not to look for and then they came out with this like this app for the phone that she could scan like everything at the supermarket and it would tell her if it was kosher or not. Oh, that was the best thing that ever happened to her. She had such a list and she had, she had things that said they were kosher that wound up. They were, but not to her standards. And she was, she was super like super strict, very strict Muslim. Um, like 
men could not go near her. But she'd hug the shit out of me. She was like, oh, no, you woman, it's okay. Like, okay. She used to run down the hallway and like jump up on me and hug me. And I'd be like, oh, my God, Jesus. You know how many times she knocked me over? But she was wonderful with the kids. They just, they, they didn't know how to take her with the whole, you know, like hair covering and everything else. You know, the way she used to, <laughs> she would, she would pin with a rubber. Well, I don't know how she did it. She used to take the, the cell phone and put it in the head, in the headgear thing. And she would get like a clip and clip it on and it would stay. And so she could talk hands-free. I was like, girl, can you just not buy ear pods? Like, what's going on with you? And she's like, oh, they have so much money. She was rich as Roosevelt. I was like, are you kidding me? But all her money was home in Egypt. She came here, you know, because she had cancer and they didn't have the, the type of medicines, the type of treatments that she needed over there. And she said, for what I had... If I had to come here for it, I had to come here. She was like, nowhere else had the type of cancer treatment for this particular cancer that they had in the United States. And that's why she moved here because she was going to, you know, um, to the Robert Wood Johnson Cancer Center and like all that. And she beat the same cancer twice in about five years. And very wonderful woman, healthy, amazing outlook. But I mean, I felt bad for her that like her whole life was still in Egypt. Her money's in Egypt, her family's in Egypt, but she's staying here because she doesn't know if she's going to relapse, like if she'll, if it'll come back a third time. So now she's afraid to go back because she's like, if I need the treatment, I have to be here. I have to be like right on top of it. And what if they won't let me back in? And it was like, okay. So, I mean, I get it. And that, that tore me apart, but she was very different from most like of the Muslims that I knew. Most of the Muslims I knew became Muslim basically in jail. Like that's where they discovered it. Not, I'm not like laughing at, but that's, that's where they picked it up. Uh, Cause it wasn't a thing here. We had, we had one Jewish synagogue in Hoboken. We didn't have any mosques. I didn't even know what a mosque was. And then after 9-11, we got one a couple years later, and it did not go over well. Uh, people here could be very, very narrow-minded. And I did. I always worried for her because she wore the headgear and everything. So you could tell that she was um, that she was not Egyptian, but that she was, you know, from that area of the world and that she was probably a Muslim. And then we wound up getting more and more aids um, that were of that religion. So, I mean, at least she had friends, which was nice because when she first started, it was like nobody wanted to talk to her. And the last year that I was in Wallace, I remember she sat down. I had somebody had said something really nasty to me and I knew they were just going through something and I could have just blown up. And I just was like, OK. And I, they were like, and, da, 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 da. and it, mind you, they're yelling at me after I just did them a huge friggin' favor. And what they're yelling at me about is that they want me to do them 
more of a favor because they're like, you made one. I needed three. And did you tell me you needed three? No. Then how would I know that you, you gave me enough material to make one. Like, and this late, she was just, I don't know if she was off her meds or what the fuck, but she was in my face, screaming in my face. And I was like, listen, when do you need them by? And she was like, I need them by the end of the day. You're never, I'll get them done. Just get the fuck out of my face. Because I was just so over it. If it hadn't been a thing for kids that she needed, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have, because fuck you. But I wasn't going to let the kids down either. And she left the classroom and like, I was all flush and like, you know, I was just, oh, I was so mad. And I'm sitting at my desk and the tears were coming out of my eyes. And <laughs> She comes, the, the Muslim, the Egyptian lady comes over. I don't want to say her name. Um, the Egyptian lady comes over and she goes, Miss Michelle. I was like, what? She said, first, don't cry. She was like, don't let them upset you. I said, upset me. I said, I'm mad. She said, I know. She was like, that's why you cry. And I was like, I said, yeah, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I can't break her in half right now. And she said, hmm, she said, and I wouldn't say anything to you if you did. She said, because she was very rude, very disrespectful. She said, but I've noticed one thing about you. I said, yeah, what's that? Because nobody ever has something good to say to me when they say they know. Let me tell you something about you. It's like, oh, fine. And I was like, go ahead. And I'm like bracing myself for it. She goes, you're very merciful. I looked at her, I said, me? She was like, oh, yeah. She said, because I know. She said, I see your face. <laughs> she said, I know how much you hold back. I said, I could never unleash on these people. They'd never recover. She said, no, but you're merciful. She said, because she just, she was very disrespectful, very rude. She's very aggressive. She said, and you're still going to do the favor for her. And she said, and how much is she paying you for this favor? I said, nothing. It's a favor. She said, that that stops today. Do you know she made up a list? She made a menu that went on the wall outside my classroom. If you want this favor, it's going to cost you this much, this much. And she didn't care. I was like, take that down. She was like, they don't have to pay you. They'll pay me. And she wrote at the bottom, pay to, da -da -da -da, to her name. Because she was like, you'll never take the money from them. I was like, no, I never will. She made sure that people, like if I did their bulletin board, that was $25. If I did a really extensive bulletin board, 50. If you, I had to do the two side doors, that was 50 per door. Like she charged, because I did amazing work. I did all the art from, you know, by, by hand, from scratch, whatever they wanted. You want a Santa, you know, barn door with, you know, Rudolph and all the things. I will make that for you. I made, um, we weren't allowed to put up Christmas trees, right? Because it was a thing. And everybody was bitching, we want Christmas trees, we want Christmas trees. So I made about 20 long, I got the green butcher paper, I folded it in half, and I made stencils that said, I stenciled out, ho, 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 boken. And it, I, you know, did it like small to large or whatever. And when you opened it, it said, ho, 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 Boken, but they were in the shape of Christmas trees. 
but they weren't Christmas trees. They were Hoboken trees. See, you got it. Semantics are a wonderful thing. So I made like 20 of these of different sizes. And I was, I stayed after school and everybody went home. And I did the whole hallway, the entrance hallway where my classroom was. And I'm talking good, like maybe 50 feet of just decoration. And I did these trees going all the way down the hallway. And I added these giant like Snoopy light bulbs that I made out of, you know, just construction paper to the top. And I did the, you know, like the glitter rope from one to another. And I took white butcher paper and I crumpled it up and I attached it to the wall the whole way down the hallway. And I had little like Snoopies that I had made. I had little characters from like Harry Potter. Everybody's like traipsing down the hallway on the wall. And of course, when everybody came in the next day, they were like, oh my God. But that's what I did. And I used to do that for free. And she was like, you do all this for free. Are you crazy? She's like, do you have any idea how much people would pay for this? And I, I didn't at the time. Like, that's what I, that's what I enjoyed doing. I loved making the kids happy. I loved making everything prettier. You know, making them want to come to school. They're like, oh my God, look at this. We got the X-Men over here. You got Wolverine. You got that. Yeah, they were so happy. And like Marty's door, I made his door into a giant Grinch face. Scared the hell out of you if you didn't know it was there. But it was perfect. And it was, it took me 15 minutes to make. And it just like went boom, I threw it up. And he was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, that's what I did. And she's like, she goes, you always do this stuff, but you do it for free. Why do you do it for free? I said, because nobody should have to pay just to be happy. I want them to be happy. That's payment enough for me. She said, and that's what people don't understand. She said, because you come so tough. You're rough all the time. I was like, of course I'm rough. I don't want nobody near me. <laughs> when people get near me, they hurt me. Fuck that. And she was like, see right there. She was like, you're so sweet. She said, and yet as soon as somebody says, oh, you're sweet, you're like, oh. <laughs> you want to bite them. I'm like, yeah, because I don't, I don't need them seeing that shit. And we were talking about that and we had gotten into like this whole religious talk. And she said, you're very full of God. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you're someone who's very full of God. You just, you don't want to like show it. And she asked me, she said, are you embarrassed about it? I was like, a little. I was like, because nobody talks about religion anymore. Every time I bring up religion, somebody yells at me. We don't talk about religion. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics. And then apparently I got on YouTube and said, fuck that to both of them. Um, but we didn't. We didn't talk about religion. And it still bothers me that I'm embarrassed to admit sometimes that yeah, I have I have deep faith in God. I pray all the time. It's just people don't equate my personality and how I am with somebody who's spiritual. Because I'm not religious. I mean, I'm Catholic to the bone because once you're Catholic, <laughs> that's a cult that never gets out of your head. Like they literally indoctrinated me. And I, I can't do anything without that Catholic undertone to it. Without that little layer of guilt. Uh, 
Oh, a whole bunch happened in chat while I was not paying attention because why not? Uh, let's see. Rabbit said, most religions have the same God and Bible, but don't listen to the words in the Bible. Yet, they like to take things so literally. And it's like, you can't really take the Bible word for word because the translation, the meaning of words change. And the translation of words change. And maybe somebody misunderstood something. And now you're going based off, like, you got to get the whole gist of it rather than people get stuck on words. I hate that. You know, you can't get stuck on a word because what one word might mean to them is something different to me. Like, if you talk about shims, anybody who knows anything about what a shim is knows it's a piece of wood that you use in door jams and stuff like that to, like, lessen the gaps to make it, like, fit better. In Hoboken, a shim is an asshole. It's, it's an idiot. You're an idiot. Like... It's what you call somebody when he was like, oh, you fucking retard. Like, you just, oh, you shim. Because you're a shimanutz. Because in the Italians, we call them shimanutz. Even that's a bastardization, because that's not the original word. I don't know the original Italian word, because I only know dialect. So we call each other shims when we're, like, you know, teasing one another, putting each other down, you know, just for fun. But it's one of our ways of knowing where we're from, because we all use it the same. And we, that's our meaning. So if you read something that says, don't be a shim. If you don't know what our definition of shim is, that sentence is completely different for you. So a hundred years from now, somebody's going to find one of my damn um, hats or t-shirts or something that says smarten up comp. And if they don't know that comp is a friend, they're going to think that I'm saying something weird or that I got to stutter or whatever. Like, I don't know how to spell the word, you know, C-U-N-T. But that's what they're going to think. They're not going to know that it's, you know, my, um, that it's a Hoboken word. You know, if they find one of my masks that says, don't be a shim, they're not going to understand what that means. They're going to, don't, don't be a wooden bit. Like, what I don't understand. Because it's not going to be in an urban dictionary somewhere. It's a town thing. You know, so it gets lost in the translation. And people stick to those words with such ferocity that they won't even think about the possibility that it could mean something else. You know, they, they're just so stuck on the word. And it just, oh, I'm more of a concept person. Words, I love words, but the idea is what matters. <laughs> That's ironic. Um, Outpost said, would you like a gin and tonic while you listen to the records in the parlor? Old person joke. Okay, they did call it the parlor. They did. It wasn't the living room. It wasn't the sala. It, it was, shall go in the parlor. <laughs> go in the parlor. Listen to your records. Okay. Um... You'll get both sub gin and like it. Yeah. You'll get bathtub gin and like it. No, no, we weren't bootleggers. Thank you. We're not big drinkers in my family. Uh, T-Rex, I agree with Rabbit. All the Abrahamic religions, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism all believe in the same God. And the first part of their respective books are pretty much the same. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, there was a popular spot where people would play Pokemon Go downtown in my town. One day we had this street preacher come out with a megaphone preaching. Nice. <laughs> Believe it or not, like most of our Pokemon spots were churches and like all that kind of stuff. It was funny because I knew that there were kids sitting in those, not just kids, like 30 and 40 year olds sitting in mass. Like <laughs> instead of listening to the priests, they're like, oh, yes, I, got, I caught a Pikachu, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting there trying to raid like da, 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 da. they're like you know touching the screen like over and over and over and somebody's like what the hell you're supposed to be listening yeah you know, this is all about christ i've been here before but this is a brand new pokemon it's funny uh some people went to talk to him and it was a polite nice conversation and he never came back no because pokemon go players are weird i know i'm one of them uh, when I took biomedical ethics, I learned insulin was discovered in pigs and my twisted brain went to Muslim diabetics. No, that's exactly what you think of. It's exactly what you think of. Because like the heart valve surgery, heart valve replacement. As far as I know, those are pig and cow or like pig and cow valves that they use. So I don't know if they've successfully made synthetic ones or not. I don't know if they've been able to grow one of those on a rat or whatever. But it's like, what do they do? Would they rather die? Because do you think that's what God wants is for you to leave your family? Like, how far can you take something like that? Can you get it consecrated? Like, can you get it blessed and cleansed? I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to, like... What do you do? No, so that's not even weird, nerd. Like, I've thought about that so many times. Um, a person, they also use porcelain. Porcelain? You mean porcine? They use bovine and porcine. Because porcelain, that's, you know, glass. Just saying. Uh, and some heart replacements that Jews and Muslims uh, won't take. So they end up using either the bovine pericardium or the plastic one. Yeah, but I thought even, I thought any kind of like animal part or whatever, they weren't allowed to. And yeah, good day. Happy Friday. A heart valve replacement, not the whole replacement. Yeah, no. Uh, can't chat much. My arms and hands are yelling at me today. And what makes me a woman is trying to kill me right now. Oh, honey, that's where I was. And I'm coming up on it again. Only I'm coming up on the ovulating part, which <laughs> is maddening. But because it's like, why do I have to ovulate? I'm not having babies. Stop it. Like, why tease me with it? Uh, T Rex said, Inya Mers, I hope you feel better, Inya. I do. Because you're having to flare up, that sucks. Uh, in your words, I had a manager who would come in once a month and yell, My uterus is making another uterus and it hurts. It's not making another uterus. It's okay. You have to imagine the inside of the uterus is like covered in old contact paper. And every month it rips itself off and then you have brand new contact paper growing underneath it. And it hurts like a bitch. Hurts like a bitch. Ah, uh, and there's endless layers. Endless layers to that. 
So uh, a week fucking early. Girl, mom was a week late because <laughs> it came back when I went to the hospital. I got it for like a day and then it stopped and then it came back. And I was like, see, you ain't right. <laughs> Why would you do this to me? No wonder I almost killed my husband two days ago. Oh, yeah. No, I, I literally sat there just crying just for no reason. <laughs> and then every time somebody says something, I'd be like, get out. <laughs> God, I'm such a bitch when I have PMS. Uh, maybe saying blow up in a religious conversation isn't the best idea. I don't give a shit. Uh, in your MERS. I had see that's that's the thing. I don't want to pussyfoot around a goddamn conversation. If I want to talk about religion, I'm going to talk about it my fucking way, and I'm going to be me. Because guess what? God made me. He knows who I am. For me to act different, I think that's so fake. I honestly, I can picture God sitting there. That's not what you wanted to say. See, now you're lying. You're lying to them and you're lying to yourself. You're trying to lie to me. Girl, I know you. Like, I make God very, like, on my, you know, level. Like, he brings it down for me. I don't think he would ever, like, talk above me or whatever. He talked to me in the way that I understand. You know, he he would know how to get through to me, I believe. But that's just me. I I make him relatable because I had to. I couldn't have this. I had nothing but powerful men in my life. Men who were in charge of. Um, they were in charge of every atrocity. That I faced. They were in charge of making me feel bad. They were in charge of my pain levels. So they had all this power over me to hurt me. Given that kind of power to God made him untouchable. It made him go further and further away. I never believed in the wrathful God. I knew he existed way, way back. But I kind of like to think of that as, well, yeah, you know, the, the earth was new. You know, civilization was kind of like going through their teen years being, you know, party animals. Yeah, he had to spank them quite a few times and they got grounded a couple of times. But I like to think, you know, I'm older. God's more chill with me. He's like, don't worry, you'll be seeing me soon. Like, I know. But I don't think I don't think he would be the. Oh, you tried to live a really good life and you you did the best you could. But you made mistakes, so to hell you go. Because if it's going to be like that, he's got to be lonely as shit up there. Like, is it empty? Because then my whole family, everybody I've ever met is in hell, if that's the way it goes. You know, I joke all the time. They're like, yeah, me, I'll see you in hell. I'm like, yep, save me a seat. It's a joke. I don't, I don't think I'm going to hell. Ever. I don't think God would put me in the same place as my father. I think he regrets putting me in the same place here. You know, I'm, I hope he looks back and goes, yeah, that wasn't a real great decision. But, you know, it made you stronger. You're still here. And that's how we, you know, excuse God's, you know, non-intervention or him allowing things to happen. Happened for a reason, to teach you a lesson, to make you stronger. 
Now, part of that is a little self-delusion so that we continue to talk to God. And part of it, I believe, is true. I might not believe it's as true as they want me to believe it's true, like to the depth or extent. But I think, you know, I think God's busy. You know, I he's omniscient and everything, and that's great. But see, I would allow God to make mistakes. That's not a popular opinion. You know, you have religious fanatics who are, God is perfect. And okay, he might be perfect, but we're not. So dealing with us is not going to be a perfect experience for him. He gave us free will. We're going to fuck up. You know, and like a parent, you know, who has a kid who just don't listen, you know, he's, he gets aggravated. He must. There's no way he doesn't get aggravated with us. Go, but why don't you listen? I keep, you keep doing this again and again and again. How many times do I have to save you? Like my God is very much a, a Italian grandmother. Like he is, he comes across like an Italian grandmother. Like he's just like, listen, like one more time, you get one more time and that's it. One more time. I'm not saving you again. And then you do it again. It's like, this is the last time, Michelle. I'm like, just one more time. I'm going to get it right the next time. I swear, God, please. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like, you know, because he doesn't want to discourage me. I know I'm all over the place and I'm going to be all over the place because I went into this just based on like, you know, what was in my head at the time. There's no rhyme or reason. I just want to talk. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Heaven Save Me Outpost. And Jacob, if all y'all chicks in chat sync up. Hey. I mean, we do. We tend to. What was it? Like two weeks ago or a week ago? It was like me and I think like three other people in chat were all like synced up and we were just real bitchy uh and yeah i haven't dealt with this shit in seven years girl i feel you i feel you that's what that jibby jab did unpaused my menopause god damn it it was not fun uh and yeah that's awesome i love the window art my smoke shop hires someone really talented yeah i mean that's what i used to do that's and that was besides my job. Like, I always did my job, but the decorating was what I enjoyed doing. Uh, good morning. Good day. Good day. Good day. Not good morning. Good. good happy Friday. God damn it. Um, Rabbit, I would do an anatomy. I would do an anatomy equipment tree. Stethoscope, thermometer, BP cup. Aw, that would be so cute. That would. I mean, we we had all sorts of trees, but the ho ho hoboken was, you know, because it's ho ho hoboken, because uh, Christmas Santa ho ho ho. They call us the land of broken hoes, like whatever. Uh, T Rex SpaceX Starship test flight delayed till tomorrow morning eight twenty. That's nice. Is it gonna blow up? Seems like everything blows up lately. And yeah, I was only given so much info on religion when I was younger. 
So I was just always trying to talk to God, even at four or five. It's amazing that that happens, isn't it? You just intuitively know that there's something out there. And you're just like, I'm just going to talk to him. That's how I was, especially when I got scared. I talked to him all the time. That's where I would go when I would disassociate. Um, and I think that's why we had, I had so much animosity because I was like, you were right there. Like, why didn't you kill him? Why didn't you stop him? But because he couldn't, I mean, not that he couldn't, but I mean, he, I'm sure he could have given him a heart attack on the spot and that would have been it. But sometimes things have to happen. I don't know who I would be. If it hadn't been for that, I don't know if I could have handled my kids if I wasn't tough as nails and I wasn't going to get tough without having those memories, you know, with all the, without all the things that I went through, I wasn't going to be, you know, battle ready. And I am battle ready. He turned me into such a soldier, like. Not a soldier, because I don't, I'm not good at following directions. But he did. He turned me into a warrior. You know, you come for mine and you're going to get a lot more than you paid for. You know, never underestimate me. Not when it comes to protecting what's mine. I got no mercy. She said I was merciful. When it comes to mine, I have no mercy. Nope. I will protect what is mine at all costs. I don't care. I'll throw my soul right on the line, but they're going to be fine. And I don't think I would have been that had I not seen what was out there, had I not experienced that kind of um, violation and uh, violence. If I hadn't looked the devil right in the eye every fucking day and been like, that all you got? Because for the most part, yeah, he. My father, he destroyed me as best he could. But that fucker is dead, and I'm me. And I still am able to give my heart to people, and I'm still able to sit there, and I can be kind. I Yes, I'm very sarcastic, and I'm very rough, but I can be very kind. I can be sweet. I can. It depends on how comfortable I am with you how much I think you can hurt me or are willing to hurt me. That's how, you know, I gauge where I'm going to land on that, on that spectrum, you know, on that scale. Some days I'm super sweet. Some days I'm super snappy. It depends on what I think is coming my way. I go with instinct a lot. Anyway, uh, my best friend got sent to Catholic school and I saw her pray. She let me know that she could be close to God, close to him, but not me, because her new stepdad could afford the school. Really? Me? I would just lay in bed and say, if you're here, make three taps. <laughs> I, I used to do that, and then I proceeded to chat. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it was... When I was little, I used to talk to God all the time. I wanted to be like, who you talk to? Jesus. I'd just be like, oh, Christ. But yep. Like, I didn't realize it was a curse. <laughs> but 
Yeah, it's so weird. People think that, oh, well, you know, I go to church, so I'm closer to God than you, or I go to Catholic school, or I go to, you know, catechism, so I know more than you. I read the Bible every day. Yeah, but you're still a twat, so what does it matter? (laughs) You're reading the words, but they're not sinking in. Or you have people that go the other way, and they just fall for anything. Oh, my God, my son's father married a grandma. He was young, hot. He was fucking gorgeous. He's in like his early 30s and he marries his grandma with a bunch of kids. No job. Jesus put me before you. (laughs) What? Jesus put me before you and I felt the Holy Spirit and they told me that we're to be married and then she went they went to mass like right after that to their little whatever and she threw herself on the floor and she's like talking in tongues and all this shit and she got up and was like oh I feel so much better I received the Holy Spirit and he fell for it hook line and sinker and he married her he was like oh I got married I was like you got what you got responsibilities, bro, that you don't take care of, and you're out there. And then he would talk about, oh, well, my kids. No, 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 no. No, those are her kids. You have obligations. Don't sign up for additional obligations if you ain't going to take care of your original ones. And that that pissed me off, because it was like, he'd be like, oh, I, you know, the kid has ADHD, so I spent a lot of time with him. You know, Connor would be better if you just spent more time with him. Oh, I'm sorry, Who who's working a friggin' $9 an hour job so I could be with him all the fucking time? Really? What are you doing? Like, you played an hour's worth of video games and you're a better parent than me? Go fuck yourself. Like, mm-mm. Oh, I'm so bad right now. Oh, oh, that's just... Maybe if you paid more attention, it paid more attention to him. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I have psychologists at school going, you guys are too close. You're too close. He trusts that you're the only person he trusts. That's not good. Okay. How was that not good? He shouldn't trust you fuckers. I don't trust you. Like, (laughs) what the hell? So, I mean, it was basically, I just used to tell everybody to go fuck themselves. I don't get why they thought they had a right to talk about my relationship with my son. Like everybody had an opinion. I was like, you realize I don't give a shit for your opinion, right? Like, I have not one fuck to give. Not one. But when he said, oh, you should pay more attention. (gasps) Thank God when he said he was on the phone because I'd have torn his face off if he was in front of me. Because all my mother was with me. She was actually here and she told Connor to go in Katie's room. Go in Katie's room because she heard me go. And... (laughs) She said, your chest made like three times its size. She said, I knew. She was like, Katie, get get Connor in your room. Get Connor in your room. Make him listen to headphones. Headphones. (laughs) Because I fucking lost it. There was no holding back. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, oh my God, I let him have it. It was glorious. I felt so much better afterwards. Uh, But I still want to punch him in the face for it. But yeah, that whole, you know, oh, I'm better than you. Fuck you. Uh, Bovine insulin is used instead of pig insulin, or they're used synthetic. A metal valve is available, but will drive you nuts. It'll drive you nuts. 
Why? Does it go off in like metal detectors and shit? Because I guess it probably does, right? Do you remember when people had pacemakers and microwaves came out? And they had signs in all the restaurants, please tell us if you have a pacemaker because we have a microwave. <laughs> it was like, wait, what? That scared the hell out of me. I was like, I never want a pacemaker, ever. Can you imagine somebody goes to make fucking popcorn? It goes a little too long and my heart goes, boom. like, no, mm-mm. no, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather have the palpitation. We're fine. Um, the blew up comment was a joke, Shelly. I know, it just wasn't funny. But <laughs> kidding. Uh, I believe he looks into your heart to see who you are. I mean, yeah, I think he looks into your heart. He looks into your mind. I don't think there's a thought I have that God doesn't know about. Which is why half the time when I pray, I don't, I don't have to say it out loud. You know, I'll sit here and I'm talking to you guys and I'm praying. And I'm talking to God in the back of my head going, do you, I know you're getting aggravated. I'm talking about this, but it's like, I don't know what else to do. Like, you don't talk to me direct because that would probably kill me. But, you know, like, nothing makes sense. All day long in my head, it's, God, what is going on? And I don't mean it like, oh, God, what's going on? I mean, God, what is going on? Like, could you point me in the right direction? Give me a freaking clue over here. Because I feel lost a lot of the time. Uh, and yeah, I posted a poem song by Ren that made me and husband remember that God was the only one who lied to Adam and Eve. Uh, he said he would kill them if they ate the fruit. He didn't kill them. Though. Well, he kind of did. He did kill them because he said they would live a, a mortal life now. They were not going to age in the Garden of Eden. They were just going to continue on. They were, they were his. That they were like his pets almost. They were his perfect creations, and they were supposed to live without pain, without shame, without any of the negativity. They were going to be in paradise eternally. And once he expelled them from the Garden of Eden, they became mortal. They were going to die. You know, that's why from dust to dust. You know, he said, well, now you're going to have the pain of childbirth. You wouldn't have had that in the Garden of Eden. You wouldn't have had that in paradise. You would have just had your children. You could have just, you know, maybe he would have just created them the way he created them. You know, you don't know. They don't really tell you. But they did say once he expelled them, they were going to live more lives. They would live longer lives. Because they had to, you know, populate the earth and stuff. But they were still going to die. So he did kill them. And he just didn't kill them right then and there. But he signed their death warrant, basically. He said, you and every one of your descendants will now die. So he did it. He just didn't do it immediately. And that's what I mean about semantics. Because it's, it's all in... How you look at it and how you, people twist it and turn it and whatever. But that for me was always like, I knew that because the stories, that's what the stories were that I listened to um, about how perfect Eden was. You know, how amazing, how they were able to talk to all the animals. They communicated with animals. You know, he got to name all the animals. There was not one beast that would dare hurt them. 
you know, they had it made. There was nothing that would poison them, nothing that could hurt them, nothing that can cause them any kind of harm. And they would be happy together and they would just enjoy one another. But, you know, since he was naming all the creatures, there there was that creature with the forked tongue that lied. You know, and as far as I know, the stories that I've heard was that it was a dragon. That originally the serpent was originally a dragon. That's why we don't have dragons anymore. But that's where that legend comes from. Because the dragon convinced her. Because dragon is basically a devil. Um, convinced her to try the fruit. And when God found out. He took that serpent and he took his legs and threw him to the ground. And said now for the rest of you know, your existence. You'll go nowhere but on your belly. And you will be loathed by everyone. And when people see you, they will try to kill you. And they will stomp on your head. With They will put their heel through the, you know, your head. Basically, they're going to kill you whenever they see you. And I mean, that it was a whole, it was a whole thing. And I mean, that story made the most sense to me. And it, it resonated as true to me. I, like I said, I go a lot on instinct. And when things ring true to me, I tend to believe them. You know, I do have, <laughs> I have a lot of that spiritual help out there that's, yeah, they like to whisper stuff to me. That again, that, I believe that's a gift from God. I believe that's every time he sent me back going, nope, not your turn yet. Not your time. Go back. And it's like, go back. You slipped up, go back here, take these people with you. Like, I think it was because I needed, I needed the help. I needed contact all the time because I'm never really alone. I know it sounds weird, but like, I feel things all around. They don't all talk to me. Trust me. I don't hear voices like 24 seven, but if somebody has got something to say, like there'll be a smell that's not supposed to be there. Like I'll smell a dish like a food cooking or like a dish of food that I'm like, okay, why am I smelling this? This reminds me of that. And then that person will call me and it's like, somebody's trying to give me a warning sign. Like somebody's, mm, somebody's coming. Like somebody's trying to get in touch with you and you know, it's, or somebody passes and I'll, I'll hear their name in my head for no reason. And I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about them in 15 years. And then, an hour later, I'll get a phone call. Oh, so-and-so just died. Oh, my God. Like, don't do these things to me. But I don't think that's a psychic thing. I think that, you know, like, there are psychics like, oh, I just know it. I don't just know it. But I think there are things out there that want to tell me. You know, little gossips. And I think that's something that God did for me. That God opened my my mind to be able to hear things that, maybe other people can't all the time to feel things that other people can't or it could just be because I've touched over to the other side so many times I don't know uh, but yeah no I, I absolutely believe that, that God killed them without a doubt he killed them he didn't kill them that day but he made sure that they had a painful life they would age and they would die 
And they did. Or so they say. I never read, like, when or where Adam and Eve died. Uh, because, you know, like, there's, like, Enoch didn't die. Enoch walked off with God. You know, he walked off and went to heaven with God, just like that. Like, you know, because Enoch put so much forward, you know, for God. He put so much on the line. He was so devoted to God. And I guess you could say, like, that was God's, like, you know, that was his bro, man. That was, like, his bestie. He trusted him. He, you know, this was somebody who absolutely 100% believed in him and would do anything for him. So, yeah, he was, they were tight. Ah, uh, Jacob, try to have an unsucky day. Ah, uh, off to work. Okay, have fun. Well, I'll try. I don't know what the weather's been like for you, but on the East Coast, it's been raining nonstop for four days now. It's not raining here. So, in Florida, it's been raining nonstop for four days, but Jersey's been fine. It's been warm and weird. Uh, and you can keep your damn rain because this is hurricane season. I don't want no hurricanes. Uh, it was here too, Jacob, yesterday. Cleared up some. I was in the 70s today. It's cloudy again, but not raining. Definitely foggy out there. <laughs> this isn't Seattle. It's supposed to be sunny. Who stole our sun? Mm. Shelly, take your shitty drivers back. Who the hell tries to merge on the highway at 35 anyway? What do you mean? I mean, if they try to merge at 35, what's the friggin' speed limit? Was it 35 in that area? Was it reduced? Don't be talking about shitty drivers. No kidding in you, but it cleared out by you, though. Hopefully it makes its way here. Yeah. I hope it does, Jacob. And you're over there where you don't drive. If you don't drive 90 miles an hour on the highway, you get blown off the road. Well, Rabbit said, metal heart valves make a click as it beats. You can hear the click. Oh, no. Oh, no. That You're absolutely right, Rabbit. That would drive me insane. Could you imagine every click, like every heartbeat? It's like click, 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 click. Click, click. No, 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 no. Uh, uh. And then if God, what if when you're having sex, is it like click, 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 like, what is it? Camp Town races? Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, it's Mad Max over here. My work truck is monitored by GPS, so I'm one of the ones at risk of being blown off the road. Yep. Sucks when you gotta go the the speed limit. Kinder, hi. I haven't seen you in forever, honey. How are you? It was 70 and a Jersey tag. Look, don't be blaming Jersey. Okay, there's all types. That's probably a South Jersey person. Because I highly doubt it was somebody from North Jersey who don't know how to merge. It's the tick tick crock, right? Like the oh my god. That was the best part of Captain Hook, like the way it used to, the um, Peter Pan, I mean, the way the clock would drive him crazy. He'd be like in the middle of something and all of a sudden you'd hear the clock and then you'd see his head going. Kum, 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 kum. It's funny. Anyway, Wolfie, welcome. We're talking about religion, so I'm likely to get, you know, 
yelled at at some point. No, nobody's going to yell at me. They're not that dumb unless they want to meet Jesus. So, let's see. I had some questions written down, but I don't know how well I'm doing with that. Let's see. Let's read them. Um, I wrote down little notes like faith seems to be frowned upon. And it does. Like, why is it such a touchy subject? Why do I often feel embarrassed or reluctant to talk about it? And I wrote down some reasons. Like, there are these judgmental people out there who think that if you're a sinner, you're not allowed to talk about God. Because what do you know? I know a lot about God. I know a lot about the Bible. I know a lot about different religions. And the thing with that is, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not going to get up there and be like, oh, you're going to hell because whatever. I honestly believe that God and Jesus are very forgiving. I think saints are helpful. You know, I, I've never, I've never felt threatened by a holy idea, ideal persona. I don't know. I don't know how to put it because there no nobody that I've ever met, and I never would because, yeah, they they existed two thousand years ago. But yet I feel like I know them. You know, it feels like I can talk to them. Rabbit, I'll yell at you if you need it because I care about you. <laughs> I know you will. I know you will. And that's the funny part. That's the that's the thing. I'd let you. And I wouldn't yell back. But I mean, you better, woman, you better take care of yourself because I know when people go through hard times, they forget to take care of themselves. And I can't lose anybody else, Rabbit. I can't. Not like that. So you just, you take care of yourself. You let us love on you from, you know, from here. And you make sure that you don't pull away, no matter how sad you get. If you need a day or two, that's cool, but don't withdraw, okay? Just don't go away. We love you and we want you to come back and, you know, Lean on us. It's okay. Um, Wolfie said, I'm okay. How are you? I'm an ordained interfaith minister. Of course you are. When I was in the hospital the first time, this um, priest came in, Father Junior, and we had a very long conversation. And he asked me if I wanted confession. And I was like, I haven't been to confession in like years. He was like, well, don't you think now is a good time? I was like, eh, if your ears can handle it. All right, let's go. And I started telling him, you know, like my sins and stuff. And he was just sitting there just with his head tilted looking at me real quiet. And I talked probably for a good like hour. And by the end, he was said, do you feel better? I said, I do. I do feel better. I said, but it's not like I don't tell God this stuff all the time. And I said, it's not like he wasn't there for it. You know, like he knows. He knows what I'm like. And he said, you have a very, well, what did he say? He, you have a very casual kind of approach to God. Um he said a lot of people treat me, treat it with a lot more reverence than you do. I said, well, here's the thing. Irreverence is my superpower. I have said it for years and years and years. Because nothing is untouchable 
as a topic to me. Nothing. There's nothing I can't talk about. There's nothing I won't talk about. I can't always talk about it on here because YouTube likes to spank you. But, like, there's nothing that I'm not willing to discuss if it's going to get get me further or get me to understand it better or get you to understand it better. So, but I don't think that anything has to be super fancy. You know, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of, um, not tradition because I believe in like the traditions that we had. I believe, you know, for years I don't eat meat on Friday and you know, you have to have fish on this day and you have to, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you can't eat it all on this day. You have to give this up for four days. All the little things that we did. You know, you never touch the communion wafer. <sighs> you never get communion unless you've gone to confession. Blah, blah, blah. Like, those were all things that I, I learned, and I stuck to those. But I didn't get, like, the whole, oh, you have to tell the priest this, and you have to tell the priest. Okay, first of all, the priests have gone behind my back and told my grandmother my sins. So we won't be telling priests shit anymore. Like the minute that priest turned around and said, oh, this such and such took liberties with your granddaughter. I was like, oh, my God. She was like, you didn't tell me. What? How do you know? Like, God, that was supposed to be between me and him and God. Like you were not in that little freaking triangle that we had going on. But they felt, oh, well, it's a neighborhood kid, whatever. I could, you know, I'll tell. Fucking Father Joseph. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I can't believe you told her that. He was like, well, I felt it was my place. It was not your place. And it's because I was a kid. You know, he didn't think that I would grow up to learn about, you know, the seal of the confessional and, you know, how important that is. Or that I'd remember that he stabbed me in the back with it. Uh, I think the Catholic idea of confession is interesting. It's one thing to tell God. It's a different type of humility to say something out loud to another human. It is. It absolutely is. Um, and I don't think we tell the truth to other humans completely. At least when I was young, I didn't. I tried to sugarcoat it. Like you minimize it. You're like, yeah, I curse once in a while. Uh, yeah, sometimes I don't listen to my parents. I've never murdered anybody, you know, but I've wanted to. Like, I feel like I want to do harm to people. I want what other people have, you know. I, you're not supposed to covet anything, and that's it's a human thing. Like, you're like, oh man, like I, I remember it was during like the whole Cabbage Patch craze. I had to go to confession, and I was like, I coveted my neighbor's belongings. I was like, but she's not really my neighbor. And he was like, get to the point, Michelle. And I was like, I just, I wanted what she had. And he was like, that's a terrible road to go down. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, she had more Cabbage Patch dolls than me. That's what I was jealous of. Like, it's not like I wanted her to lose her Cabbage Patch dolls. I just wanted more. So I was like, I want more Cabbage Patch. I didn't need more than her. I just needed more than the one that I had. You know, and then I wound up with three of them. And I was like, oh my God, three kids is a lot. But, you know, it's because like, I took it serious because I was young. I was little. They were my babies. I was always, you know, in mom mode. I was the one who used to bring home all the wounded animals. Oh, my God. My grandmother, I drove her insane with wounded animals. I would bring home pigeons that had broken wings. And I would bring back 
kittens that I found like, you know, abandoned behind the school or I'd bring home a giant freaking dog that was just wandering the streets, like no owner, no nothing, looking all scraggly. I would bring them all home and my grandfather would be like another one and he'd bring it to the gas station and he'd find it at home. You know, but like the birds and everything, I Oh my God, there was a, I remember in Halden, my mother was like, oh my God, oh my God, Michelle, come look. Oh my God, this fell out of the tree and it was a little egg and it had a, a little baby bird in it, like a little, I guess it was probably a sparrow or, you know, one of those little ones. And it was still alive, but it was only half in the egg and it had fallen out of the nest. The whole nest fell and everything. That was the only egg. And I felt so bad. I cried and cried and cried. And I picked it up and I brought that with the nest inside and I made my dad go and get the heat lamp that he had in the, you know, in storage and I put it under a heat lamp and I fed it with a little dropper and I try, I try and it still died. But I cried so bad, but I mean, I was devoted to this fucking thing for three days and she was like, I should have never showed it. I should have just thrown it out. I was like, Oh my God, why would you do that? Like she said, because you made it suffer for three days. So instead of me, I walked away from that feeling terrible because it was like I was trying to save it. And you're telling me that I put it through pain. Like I wasn't thinking that. It made me hesitate the next time I came across something that needed help because I was like, well, I'm just going to delay the inevitable, let it die. But that never sat right with me. So I would go back and get it and still try to nurse it. And a lot of them survived and some of them didn't. The rabbits that I had, the baby rabbits that their mother got run over, they were too tiny. And I tried for like weeks. Oh my God, it broke my heart every time one of the little ones died. And we did everything, but we didn't have the internet. So you could only do, you know, what you thought you could do. We took it to the vet. The vet was like, here, do this, but I, it doesn't look good. Like, it was like, okay. But I tried, you know, I tried. And I don't know, she always made me feel bad for that. So weird. Um, I know, and, and you said, I know for a fact I'm not cool with someone else close to me dying. I've had enough of that shit, thanks. She said, I've had enough of that, but I put the shit in there because I felt it needed em emphasis. Uh, Wolfie said there was a girl in Catholic school who was so loud in confession that the whole church heard her. <laughs> and he said that would have been me. Yeah, that would have been me. My voice carries, <laughs> especially in a church. <laughs> because I was in choir for years, years and years and years. So I know how to make my voice carry in a church i did many of the you know readings up on the um oh my god i was gonna say stage up on the altar you know on the dais many many readings because i was my grandmother made sure she threw me up in the second row you know with her so the priest would be like mm, michelle come here because yeah because you can read so here you're gonna go read so even from when i was like eight or nine years old i was up there saturday night reading out loud and it was just like all right so i had to learn to not be embarrassed i learned to speak in front of people a long time ago 
And I mean, that was just reading, but you had to remember where to sit, how to sit, how to stand, what to say, what the, you know, opening was, what the ending was, you know, you had to remember the ritual of it. That's what my ex-husband used to say. He goes, you guys don't have traditions. You have rituals. It's like witchcraft, but they just call it Catholicism. I was like, wow. Like, I really hope you enjoy Satan. I hope he has a good time with you. Like, I don't care what you believe in, but you don't need to mock what I believe in. That That's just, that's, that's on the shallow side. It's, don't do that. And I mean, I would think that he would have respected it because he didn't know shit about it. And I was teaching him like all the different things I knew. And he was just like, God's not real. Really? Okay. When you're dying, tell me who you talk to. Because I guarantee you'll figure out that he exists. Or you're going to hope like Kelly does because you're going to need help that nobody on this plane can give you. Be amazed how quickly you believe in God when you're, you know, your life is on the line. But when the pain is so great, nothing else is helping. Uh, and you said I'm half deaf to boot, so I don't even realize it's same. Same. Yep, my right ear has the has the issue, so I talk loud. And I'm used to talking over gas station equipment. You know, like the the air guns and shit. And it's just so loud. Everything was so loud. And it, my voice had to travel a good half a block over all that thing. So, yeah, I learned how to project my voice. This is me being very soft-spoken. Like, when I try to whisper, nothing comes out. <laughs> and I don't understand whispering. Okay, here's the thing. This I'm going to squirrel for a minute. Any of you out there good at lip reading? Because I'm not. I am not good at when somebody whispers to you from like across the room and they're like, hey, I'm like, what? I can't understand you. Like, you're like, no. And I'm shaking my head going, no, stop. Like, stop. Like, I have no, because now I'm so anxious because you're whispering. My brain has shut off. My brain's like, no, we're going to misinterpret it. Don't listen to it at all. Okay. I I can't. If somebody whispers to me, I cannot decipher what they're saying. I can hear them. I can hear the words usually, like every other one. No, see, hearing has always been a problem for me. And yet, I can hear things that other people don't. Like, it's funny. Like, I won't hear a word you say as you're talking to me. Because it went in one ear and out the other. But if you dropped like a spoon on the into the sink or you threw it like a little too much, I will interpret that damn sound that I hear that nobody else would probably pay attention to and be like, what's the matter? What do you mean? You aggravated. What's the matter? Nothing's the matter with me. You just threw the spoon in the sink. How do you know? Because I can tell with the way it clanged, the force you used, and usually that's, you know, that's not how you do things. Like, because again, hypervigilance, I always look for that oncoming storm. And I look for the warning signs. And that's like, sound is a huge tool in my arsenal. But I'm so busy listening for sounds of aggression and violence to come that I miss the conversation. 
Because <laughs> the words don't tell me nearly as much as everything else. Uh, I just thought that was a weird thing to tell you guys, but I wanted to tell you anyway. Uh, that would have been me. Uh, in your mirrors, all the other kids in class were embarrassed for her. I would be too. Oh my God. I would have been that one that would been like, gosh, we can't hear you. <laughs> I would have been the killjoy. Because <laughs> I feel bad. I Confession is very, very intimate to me. It's very important to me. Like when the when the priest came to the hospital, you know, I told him about the bad experience I'd had. I said, but I, I said, I don't have a problem telling you. I said, because you don't know anybody I know. And if you do, I really don't care. Because I no longer am afraid of people finding out the things that I say and do. You know, it's like, whatever I say and do, you want to know? Here you go. I don't care. I do what I want to do. I say what I want to say. I hope not to hurt people when I'm doing them. And if I do, I'll apologize. I don't always see, you know, the consequences of the things that I say. And I don't always hear the tone that they come out with. Because if the more comfortable I am with you, the more snappy I'm going to sound because I let down my guard and I don't walk on eggshells. You know, if I don't trust you, oh, my my diction is going to be perfect. You know, my tone is going to be perfect. My whole attitude is going to be very nonchalant and yeah and easygoing and ha ha ha. But if I know you, I'm just going to be myself and if you can't handle that, then you can't handle me. So it's like, okay, better that I know that now. So I can pull back. Um, and that's how every relationship is. Because it gets to a point where they're like, wow, you've changed. Now I really haven't. It's just you want it in, so now you're in. <laughs> Ta-da! Like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and yet, I got in a bad car wreck years ago and smashed the window out with my head. Ah! Oh, they have tools for that, you know, bad concussion. I was in the hospital talking normally. I thought, I just want, you to know, I smoke weed, but I swear I wasn't high. I do that at night and it's at my house to the nurses. My sister was way down the hall. They were like, shut up, Nikki. <laughs> oh, fucking in you. <laughs> oh, my right ear, too. I don't have uh, one of my bones of hearing and 10 surgeries given me twos when I was younger. Built up the scar tissue to make it worse. Of course it did. Of course it did. I used to be good with lip reading, but now my eyes aren't great anymore. That's hilarious. Um, Lady Awesome said, I can read lips. I believe that's why my dad enjoyed watching baseball with me because I could read the lips of the players. <gasps> oh, my goodness. That See, that does come in handy. That does. Billy, what do you say? 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 <laughs> Wolfie said, um, the Catholic Mass has several elements designed to help you enter an altered start, 
an altered state to connect with God. The first time I knew I left my body was during Stations of the Cross. Stations of the Cross can get, that can get iffy. That's a lot of praying. A lot of praying, a lot of genuflect, a lot of, you know, kneeling and, you know, just, it was so much when I was younger. They didn't let us do those until about um, fifth grade, sixth grade, when we were getting ready um, for confirmation. But yeah, it does. It, it, yeah, you, when I go into a church, something happens to me. I don't know if it's that I, I automatically let my guard down or if I just, if I just, I'm not allowed to have my guard up when I'm in there because I'll go in there, sit down. I'll genuflect, say the sign of the cross and immediately start crying because my heart is so heavy. You know, I feel like my soul is just, it's so overburdened and I get there and it's just like, okay, I'm here. Like, what do we do? You know, it's, it's like coming home to your favorite relative and, you know, your most trusted relative and be like, okay, help me, you know, and you expect it. You, you you go there with this feeling that, okay, nothing's going to hurt me here. And I get that when I go to church, but I don't like, I don't like the masses anymore. I don't like the priests. I don't like the hypocrisy. I don't like the double speak. And I don't like the fact that they change the rules to increase business. Like, the Catholic Church now is not the Catholic Church I grew up in. Like these people have no idea. Like, hey, welcome everybody. Really? Because when I went, no, no. Like they knew all everybody's past, and they judged. They were like, yeah, you can come to mass on Saturday night, but not on Sunday. I don't want to see you on Sunday with the, with the good parishioners. Like there was like yeah, the heavy sin mass. <laughs> It was like, you're, you're a chronic sinner. You're going to come to this mass. I don't want you with the good people in the daylight. I want you there when it's dark. Because that's where you belong, in the dark. There was an element of shame that they don't have anymore. And I wonder if it's better or worse. Because I grew up afraid of God. I literally had the fear of God. Which was great because I feared him above everybody else. So at least in the hierarchy, I acted in the best interest of myself because I didn't want him mad at me. I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want to be out of favor with him. Which helped me stand up to other people that I was afraid of. You know, it gave me the courage to say, no, I'm not doing that. Or no, you're not doing that. And it also gave me the ability to forgive people who just weren't strong or who were quick to blame or whatever. Because I knew that if I didn't, I'd disappoint God. 
God is the ultimate, you know, dad. He's the ultimate dad in my eyes. And everybody knows I'm daddy's girl. I'm definitely a daddy's girl. Like, I don't care what the women in my family think. I could give a shit. I have no respect for them. I have no fear of them. But the men in my family, the men in my life. Yeah, I I have to watch what I say, watch what I do. You know, I. I can't disappoint. You know, like I said before, if my dad, when I. The first time I thought about killing myself. Unaliving myself. His basic answer was, well, why, why would you do that to me? Why? Why would you want to put me through that? Why would you want to hurt me like that and just leave me? I'm so disappointed in you that you didn't think you could just talk to me. I was just, I was devastated because everybody was about, you know, me and, you know, like, like what is wrong with you? And da-da-da. Everything was accusatory. And his, while his was probably the most, like, accusatory, it was also the most guilt-ridden. And it was so out of character for him because he would never do that. So for me to push him to be like that was, that told me something about, like, how he was feeling and how much I affected him. And that it... It hit me harder than it hit me with anybody else. I didn't give a shit if my mother was upset. She wasn't. She was just upset somebody came to the house. But, um, you know, she was she was upset that somebody was looking at us a little too closely. But he was disappointed. And it wrecked me. The same way, you know. I don't want to disappoint God in that way. I know he'll forgive me. I know I could talk to him about it. I know I could work it out. But I don't want him to be disappointed. And it's hard to talk about that with people when they're like, you're afraid like the imaginary man in the sky is going to be disappointed with you. Listen, you know, you can have whatever religious belief you have. Leave my God out of it. My relationship with God and Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the saints and everything else, that's my fucking business. You don't get a say in what I believe in my faith. Just And it makes it very aggressive. It makes the conversation aggressive because people like to mock. And nobody wants to be mocked. Like, I, I don't have, do I have proof God exists? No. Not that I can show somebody else. You know, my proof to me that God exists, I got one in one room and one in the other. It's every time something good happens for somebody. It's every time my son laughs. Every time Katie farts when she laughs. You know, it's because it's so Katie. You know, and it's just, they bring me extreme sadness they bring me extreme joy but when i held those babies i knew there was a god and i knew he was right there with me and i knew he gave me exactly the children that he intended to give me 
You know, so when it took me a year to accept that Connor was autistic. Um, because I just couldn't. Because he was my perfect baby. He's my golden boy. Three years, he was just perfect. I mean, he didn't sleep, but he was colicky. But that, I didn't give a crap about that. I was up anyway. Um, but I, I had gone through a lot with my daughter, with her being sick and disabled and, you know, constantly thinking I'm going to lose her and whatever. So with him, it took me a year to accept, but I knew that, okay, think about it, Shell. Who else, who else was going to get this kid? Who else could deal with this? You literally got a job to train in this before you even knew. That job fell in your lap. You know, they pursued me to become an aide because I had so much experience with Katie and everything else. They needed somebody with special needs experience. They needed somebody who wasn't going to, you know, just sit on their ass and do nothing. They needed somebody with initiative and, you know, motivation who was good with special needs kids. And the director happened to be a family friend. And he was like, you are perfect for this. I was like, I got a three-year-old. I'm not going to do that. And then, of course, Connor started, you know, acting weird. And I went to work. He went to school. And within a year, we had the diagnosis. And I was just like, okay, this is all I deal with every day. Like, this is, it's not a surprise that this happened, Shell, because God got you ready. You know, he put you in a place where you were going to have as many tools at your disposal and people with knowledge at your disposal as you could possibly be. He literally placed me in the most resourceful place I could be locally. And that helped. You know, and that's why I went back to school and I got my degree in early childhood education and child development because I needed to understand. There's not a lot of parents that are going to go $50,000 into debt to get a degree so that they understand more what's happening in their kids' heads. But that's where I went because God gave them to me for a reason. I'm doing the best I can. Do I trip up? Oh, so much. I am such a fuck up. But I love them. I love them and I will never turn my back on my kids. And I think that's why God gave them to me. You know, he, they were not a trial for me. They were... They needed to go somewhere. And I was a good fit. You know, it helped. Did it help save me? Yes, it absolutely did. Because I wasn't number one anymore. I couldn't be reckless. I couldn't be selfish. I couldn't, you know, go do this, that, and everything. I had to, okay, well, I guess I'm just a mom and it's the end of my life. You know, and that was pretty much it. You know, it was like, all right. So whatever relationships cropped up, I, if I thought they had potential, I let them happen. But I never went looking for any of them. I didn't go to bars. I didn't go out looking for... No. My relationships literally fell in my lap. And it was just like, eh, whatever, you'll do. 
but I was never like, I never lied about it. I told him, yeah, you'll do. I'm not looking for anything. I don't, I don't have the time that you need for me to devote to you. Like my kid comes first. Katie always came first. Yeah. And everybody knew we were a package deal. You deal with my kid and you're good to my kid or you get the fuck out. And the minute my kid is uncomfortable with you, you're gone. My kid don't like you. You're gone. If she gets like a feeling about you, you're gone. I don't care how much I love you. Bye. Because she was little and I, I had to trust her instincts because I couldn't let what happened to me happen to her. I mean, now they're, they're older. They, you know, they say, Oh, I don't like the, you don't even know them. Shut up. Like, like you're not even going to be in my house much longer. Stop it. God, my son is 17. He asked me the other day, he said, so when can I learn how to drive? I was like, not here. Oh, no. I was, thinking, I was the last one to learn how to drive up here. Uh-uh. Like, mm -mm. there's way too many people. Uh, lady, lady Awesome said, yes, that's a powerful mask. Stations of the Cross can put you through it. Oh my God, I used to, I would shake by the end of that because it was just so much just going that journey with him. Oh, like, and then unless you've sat through it like a full mess, because I know they have the quickie ones. No, when we did it, it was the whole school had to go. This is when I was in grammar school. Um, the whole school had to go from like age, I think, I'm pretty sure it was fifth grade now, like fifth, sixth seventh and eighth grade and it was a whole half day of mass like it was three to four hours that we were in there i mean they went so and it was the, the whole thing for every single one of them but if you went like we did the station of course when i was younger but it was real quick it was in god this da, 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 and we had them up on the walls we had these huge marble um chiseled Stations of the cross on the wall every like I'd say like every maybe 10 feet throughout the entire length of the church starting in the it went clockwise so it started like in the front on the right went down went across the back where we had like the um the basin that had the the holy water I forget what it's called. I don't remember what it was called. Um, and then it would come back up the other wall on the left of us and go all the way to the front of the, the church. Now, I didn't go to some small church. My church was a block long and a half a block wide. So it was huge. And everything's marble and the ceiling is, you know, like 50 feet high. And it, it was huge. And so you would have this whole very somber, like all the candles going and, you know, we stopped, like we had a face each and every one. So you spent your entire time like on your feet or kneeling on your feet or kneeling on your feet or kneeling. And you'd go through each station and you'd have to repeat the same prayers over and over and over. And it took forever. By the end, you were wrung out. You had nothing left. But you could feel the energy in that church. Like you could feel the solemnity, how heavy it felt 
to go through that, how serious it was. And I, I did it three times and I could never do it after that. I was just like, nope, nope. It was, it was very, very powerful. Just like, um, midnight mass for Christmas was always my favorite mass of the year. And there were so many people, the energy in the church was so loving and light and full of joy and full of this warmth that we didn't have any other time of the year. And that mass just being there would fill me up with so much positive energy and positive feeling that I'd be great for months. It would carry me right to Easter. And then Easter would come and I'd have that feeling again, but it was lighter and more fun and more, you know, like, Oh, you know, we're saved now and whatever. But Christmas was all about the family and about, you know, new, you know, new chances and about forgiving each other and all that kind of stuff. And I loved it all. I loved it all. But Christmas, really, that was the most powerful mass for me in a positive way. Uh, Anya said, we should take over the band lip reading football videos. <laughs> they do it once a year at the end of the season. In my opinion, they should do a video for each game. Absolutely. <sighs> Lady said, if I only had the time. I love bad lip reading. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Wolf Kinder. Neil sit, stand, Neil sit, stand. <laughs> and the clout. Oh my God, the incense. <gasps> that, that thing that they would that they'd swing that and i'd be like oh my god because it would choke you it was like so thick i get emotional in catholic churches more than anywhere else they set it up that way it's the lighting it's the stained glass it's um all the depictions of suffering it's all the depictions of um salvation it's always looking up and seeing, you know, they have God and then to the right hand of God and then they have this and they have that, you know, and, but it's also opulent and it's come in. This is a place of richness and not richness as in wealth, but like richness as in we can take care of you. It's okay. You're going to, you're going to be fine here. This is solid here. Everything is marble. It seems unbreakable. Yeah, and it seems like you're walking into this fortress of spirituality. That's what it always felt like to me. It was a haven for me. And I would go there and nothing could hurt me. And then it did. So it was like they even took that from me. Like, that's why I turned away from priests and stuff like that. Because I just, I lost faith in the people there. I never lost faith in God. Well, I, I mean, I did, but. I didn't lose faith in God. I was mad at God. There's a difference. So me and him, we had we had issues for a while, you know, because he took a lot from me. And I, I started to take it real personal. Um, but as far as going in, in the Catholic Church, yeah, it's it's an experience to go into a Catholic church. Like I've gone into um Presbyterian churches and like stuff like that. They're very plain. They're like short and they're small and they're plain. A Catholic church is like, boom, it's like Liberace in your face all the freaking time. Like it's very opulent, very opulent. 
And I think one of the reasons why I don't like the color gold is because of church. I just don't like gold. I always equate it with with my church because everything was golden. Yeah, they had the white marble. They had the brown, you know, tan marble. They had um, pure white. Like the porcelain and ceramics and everything. Everything was expensive. But what they had the most was gold. Why do they need that much gold? Why do I have to give you $5 a week just for you to talk to me? Because I know the wine and the wafer didn't cost you that much. You buy those in bulk. You know, like, I, I don't know what, like, what the hell? And it's, I don't know. It was just, it's just too much. It's so much. It's so over the top. And you said, I think I understand Wolf killed Wolf Kinder. I've never visited Catholic. You never have. Oh my God, girl, you got to come up here and go to them. Walk into St. Patrick's Cathedral. Lord, it's it's literally a religious experience. Like you walk in, you're like, oh my God. These places don't look like much on TV. You walk into them and it's like you're hit with all these different sounds and smells and feels and you feel so small in these huge opulent places. And you're just like, I'm just so small and simple. Like, oh my God, do I even deserve to be here? It's very humbling. It's like, oh, I think I have this. And you walk in there and you're like, I ain't got shit compared to what God's got. He's got some real estate. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, but I used to go to an Episcopalian church that I really loved. I had my son's funeral at that church. I'm sorry, honey. My Southern Baptist family on my dad's side thought it was odd. He was sure to let me know that it was a weird little church. He had no respect. He and his new wife showed up in the loudest yellow Camaro, left early, of course. And threw up gravel when leaving. Of course. Of course. Because why be respectful? Uh, Wolf Kinder said, Inya, that's disappointing. Yeah, well, people could be very disappointing. Rabbit, when I was four to five years old, I would pray for God to take me to his home in heaven. I always wanted to visit. I thought I could come back. I was like, it's his house. Because that's what they're talking about, the house of God. Well, I mean, well... I go see everybody else that's boring. Why can't I go see God? Like, can't he come here? I didn't understand when I was little that he, you know, he's just, he don't make house calls. He's not the doctor. You know, he doesn't just show up and go, I'm here. Like, I brought a crumb cake. No. It would be awesome if he did, and I'd probably drop dead of a heart attack. He'd be like, oh, I killed another one. Because could you imagine, like, all these people that they see Jesus at the foot of their bed, and then they're like, and then I knew I was going to die. I'd die if I saw Jesus at the foot of my bed. Not that I saw Jesus at the foot of my bed because I was going to die. I would die because I saw him at the foot of my bed. Like, it, uh-uh. And you just know intuitively you'd know it was Jesus. I mean, the whole flaming heart would, <laughs> would tell you. Or the stigmata. Oh, my God, the stigmata. Jesus. My family was so big on the stigmata. On um, what was his name? Padre Pio. 
the priest that had the stigmata. And for those not in the know, the stigmata is um, they're the wounds that Christ um, got when he was put up on the cross um, in Calgary. So when he was put up on the cross, he was nailed through his hands, through his feet. His feet were put one on top of one another, and one nail went through them both. And then they nailed him to the cross through his, well, through his hands. And he also had the stab wound in his side. I believe it was his, that's my right, it's his left side. So I believe it was his left side to make sure that, you know, he was gone. And that's the stigmata. So you, you get the holes in your hands, in your feet, and in your side. And there was a priest... Padre Pio, who was, I believe he was a sinner when he was younger and like he converted and he, I don't, I don't remember the story. It's been so long since I've looked into it, but he woke up with the stigmata and he had it his whole life. Like it, I don't believe it ever stopped. And he would wrap his hands and it would bleed through all the time. And people went, they came from everywhere. To see him. I believe they put him in the Vatican so that people go see him there. But yeah, he and I don't remember if they sainted him. I'm pretty sure they did, though, because I mean, you know, you're not going to have the stigmata for life and there's no infection. There's not. It's just the stigmata. But it was a sign that God chose you. And it, there haven't been a lot of incidences of people getting the stigmata. Uh lady also said i grew up catholic and had that type of reaction in europe going to cathedrals when i was pregnant with my first which i had while in high school so when my priest kicked me out of the church i told him your god put this baby here so take it up with your god yeah girl i'm right there with you um you're hugging rabbit what do oh I mean, I think when we're when we're little, we just really, really want a relationship with this guy that's so important to everybody. Because they always talk about him, God this, God that, Jesus this, Jesus that. You get curious, and you're like, wow, he sounds like a great guy. Like, when do I get to meet him? And then they start telling you about him, and you're like, yeah, I really do want to know who that is. And in your innocence, you're na- you know, your naivete, you're just like, well, why can't I go visit him? Why, like, I want to talk to him. Like, you guys are all talking about, I want to talk to him. God sounds cool. God, you know, I want to ask him questions. I want him to tell me stories. That was my thing. I wanted God to tell me stories. Because I knew. I knew there were stories that happened that weren't in the Bible. Stories that I hadn't been told. You know, because if that was it, then the world was like an hour and a half long. Like, that was it. Like, no, history was longer than that. And I wanted to know it all. You know, why, why, why? That's, I'm going to drive God crazy when I get up there because I'm just going to follow him. But why, but why, but why'd you do that? But why'd you do this? But why'd you do that? But why'd you say that? But why would you pick that person? Why would you let that happen? What, like, it's going to be why, 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 why? And he's just going to have to deal with it because he made me this way. Like when he was putting all the ingredients in, he put a little bit too much sass and a whole lot of curiosity, whole lot. Like he upended that bitch in there. 
And I have, I am not shy. I will ask you 9 million questions and have 10 million on the heels of those. And he's going to answer everyone. Uh, and yeah, I had two Catholic statues in my living room from Italy. One is Jesus. Okay. The other is Mary. You probably have the two that we all have. Uh, my daughter broke Jesus's head. So it just sits there. Yeah. When my son knocked it off, she was like, ooh, you broke Jesus. <laughs> uh, wait. Oh, my God. It went away. Damn it. Wait. She said, ooh, you broke Jesus. Now she moved them around when she comes over and takes Mary. She makes Mary hold Jesus with her rosary aw, and tells him that Mary's trying to protect Jesus from him taking his head off again. Aw, that's funny. You have your own little version of the um, the Pieta. And for those not in the know, the Pieta, I believe, was sculpted by Michelangelo. I think. I'm pretty sure. But it's Mary holding Jesus as he, you know, holding his body after they take him down off the cross. And it is... Probably one of the most moving pieces I have ever seen in my life. I never got to see it in person. I've seen dozens of, you know, pictures and videos of it. And it always makes me cry. Religious icons and statues, they hit me emotionally. Do I think that there's like some spiritual like connection to them? No, I believe I've been conditioned to respond that way to them. But that doesn't mean they mean less to me. Just because somebody had an intention of them meaning something to me doesn't mean that I don't choose for them to continue to mean something to me. As I got older, I got more discerning in what would get a reaction out of me and what wouldn't. Like I learned to look at things more skeptically, I guess you could say. Um, which maybe isn't that great. You know, maybe being skeptical about that kind of stuff isn't the way to go maybe it doesn't soothe your soul but i went through way too much to just be like all right god whatever you got planned you know like no like there, i went through stuff where i looked at things and i'm like look at all this beauty that you create why do you make my life so ugly why you let me look at this but live a different way make me understand it I appreciate beauty in everything. I can find beauty anywhere, even in the worst people. I don't like to say it out loud. I'd rather just pretend like, you know, I don't see anything good anywhere because then they're like, oh, she thinks I'm good. Let me be friends. No, no I don't want to be friends with you because you suck. I'm just saying I can see something good in you. But that does not negate the rest of the shit that you're made of. Like, one good thing among a thousand bad is not going to make me want to, you know, side with you. But I can admit to seeing something good in you. I can find something good in anybody. Something beautiful in anybody. In any situation. You know, I don't know if that's a gift or a curse. But it makes me... I think it makes me weaker. I do. I think it makes me susceptible to people fooling me. Because I have a tendency to give too much of the benefit of the doubt. And they just don't know it. 
they think I'm being harsh on them. No, I'm giving you such such a chance. You have no idea. Most people don't get how much I believe in them because I don't I don't say it. But if I'm there, then I think you're a worthy person. I don't talk to people I don't like. You know, and if I think you're a piece of crap, like you're going to know it. I'll be civil, but you'll feel no warmth from me at all. Ever. Like, it's just, it ain't going to happen. But that doesn't mean I don't see good things in you. I just see, you know, the majority of your negativity and they're not even, you know, and they're not, they're not tipping in the right direction. So I can't fuck with you. But that doesn't mean I don't see it. And it, I always used to, you know, I wondered, like, why do you make me see all these good things? Why do I have to be the one? Like, why, I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, but they're not. Like, I'm equivocating. I shouldn't be. I should be like, screw them. Fuck them. I don't need them. Walk away and protect yourself. And it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen until they... They push me beyond my limits, which I have a really high threshold for bullshit, believe it or not, when I care about somebody. And once you push me past that, there's no going back. But it makes me mad that I see all this beauty and I'm like, I see it all. But why, why do I have to see it? Why do I see the beauty and feel the ugly? Why do I live the ugly? It makes me mad and it makes me feel cheated. It really does. It really does. I get a little resentful sometimes. And I'm like, I don't want to see beauty in anything anymore. I just don't. But then if I didn't, what would keep me here? You know, what type of person would I be if I didn't, if I didn't genuinely see good in people, if I didn't see beauty all around me? I don't think I could get out of bed in the morning if if that was the case. No matter how many pills they throw at me. Uh, Wolfkinder, there's a Padre Pio Center near me in Pennsylvania. They have a set of his gloves that he wore for mass and a glass frame. You could hold them at the end of a service. Oh, my God. I felt energy going through my whole body. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I know. I know. You said Padre Poo. I know you meant Padre <laughs> And you say, what can I say? They're my kids. Girl, please. I told you my grandmother used to put the, the saint on its head if it didn't answer her prayers. And she said, no, he's going to stay like that until he answers my prayer. Oh, my God. My daughter dropped my my one statue that I had because I don't. I'm not my grandmother. I don't have pictures of Jesus on the walls. I don't have the, the head of Jesus on the top of my dresser. I don't have Mary over in the corner. I don't have St. Francis with the birds and everything else. I don't have all those things. But I did have something that was always very, I don't know, it was just very special to me. And I had this little six-inch statue by my door. It's with my... I have a thing of holy water from Lourdes and I have two rosaries from the Vatican. Um, one of which was blessed by the Pope and one of which somebody just had blessed by a priest there at mass in St. Peter's square. And 
I have my little, I had my little statue of the infant of Prague, the holy infant of Prague. That was always special to my grandmother. It was a big thing for her. And so when she died, that was the one thing that I insisted on having. And it was to the point where they were like, well, I want it. And I just took it and I hid it. And I was like, well, good luck finding it. And my daughter dropped it. Maybe like four years ago, five years ago. And I lost my mind. I felt like my heart broke. And she was like, can't you just buy a new one? And I th- I was devastated. I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, what? I was like, this was my grandmother. I mean, it was old. You couldn't even see like the features on the on the damn doll anymore. Because like the paint had like worn off and everything. Like it was all ceramic, but like everything had worn off. It was um gold um paint, like gold outlined and all that kind of stuff. And I cried. I cried. And I never got a new one. I never got a new one because it didn't feel right. And I was like, someday I'll I'll come across like, you know, an infant statue that that I can feel. Something that says, okay, take me. I'm the one you wanted. Because I, I develop an attachment to things sometimes. You know, like I, it's almost like that's a conduit for my memories. Like I can put all like my memories and stuff of my grandmother in the kitchen, everything. I attach it to that and it becomes this physical manifestation of the emotions that I had then, the good times that I had then. So unless it's capable of doing that as well, of of accepting that type of like energy from me and holding on to it, I don't, I don't see the point. Because it's not just a piece of ceramic to me. For me, it's almost like a, a container for my memories and my emotions. And I, oh, I was just, I was devastated. I didn't talk to her for a whole week at all. I, I couldn't even look at her. I was so heartbroken. Ugh, I kind of was like, my, it was a statue. I was thinking, I lost my fucking mind. Um, Lady Awesome said, LOL, in your mercy, my grandmother passed. I got her Jesus statue, and I went to pick it up, and the head rolled up. Oh, no, and I took it as a last joke on me for my grandma. <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all grandmas must be friends. They're probably sitting here watching this going, see, they remember. Uh, Bahaha. <laughs> Father Pooh in the house. Speaking of pills, I need to go find Advil. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here going, God, I wish I had a Tylenol, but I don't want to take it yet. Uh, the last time I was civil because of circumstances, I was basically jumped at a funeral. So I no longer put myself in situations just to be civil. I mean, jump may be a little harsh. No, I know how family and people can be. But someone came at me and pushed me from behind as I was leaving to remove myself for the situation. And then it was on. Yeah, I believe me. I've been there. Been people will start shit at the weirdest times, and you're just like, okay, let let me not let like you got no class, you got no cool. Let me be the better person. Let me be the person. Oh, I'm okay. I'm done being the better person. Yeah, you're just like no, no. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, the Italians. We're good at the wake. Um, well, no, 
at the wake, you're usually social, right? Everybody's there with the body and every, you go up, you say your prayer, and then you turn around and, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. It's like, you know, reunion time. You go to the funeral a couple days later, very solemn, very somber, because it's mass first at the church. Then you'll get in your cars, you drive to the cemetery, and it's the whole burial and whatever. And then it's the repast, the repast, um, the dinner. And when you get there, there's there's a lot of alcohol at those, you know? And people, they just, I don't know, in my family, we never had, it was never said except at the funeral site. Like, the first 15 minutes, maybe, of the wake was all quiet and somber. And then when everybody showed up, you were just like, oh, yeah. You cried the whole time. I remember crying the whole time. But you also have to have conversations with all the different people. And my grandmother's wake was three days long. And daddy's wake was three days long. That's a lot of talking. And you're talking about the wake for both of them was from two in the afternoon until six. And then again from six until 10. And nobody would leave at 10 and you'd wind up there till one, two o'clock in the morning. Because nobody knows how to shut the hell up. And around here, I mean, the, the funeral directors, they... They just know they're not closed until like three in the morning. Plus you could go in the funeral director's office and get sloshed because the harder it is, like they'll be like, you need a drink, go in the office and you go in the office and take a shot and go back out and try again, you know, cause sometimes it gets difficult, but then you have those, those relatives who can't handle their liquor and they, they get sloppy and they hang on, you know, I remember when and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, please stop touching me. Like, like, please, like, your breath is so bad. Please stop touching me. I hate going to wakes because my cheeks hurt afterwards. The cheeks on my face. Because I have a round face. So they like to squeeze my cheeks. And they pinch them. And the older the guinea, the harder they pinch your cheeks. Arthritis, my ass. My great grandmother would pinch my cheeks so hard and pull that I'd just be like, oh, like she did it once after I had a freaking root canal. Oh my God. I didn't realize how numb my mouth was. I was 10, I want to say. And I had a root canal because, you know, I had, I just had really bad teeth as a baby. Um, because, you know, <laughs> malnourished but um yeah so i had i had to get a root canal on like a permanent tooth like one of my very first adult teeth and i went to the funeral it was i forget who died so one of the you know one of the cousins died and my mother took me right from the dentist's office across the street to the funeral parlor because you know it's hoboken everything's right on top of one another and i do mean literally across the street like on this one corner, we had the funeral parlor. On the next corner, we had Blimpy Base, the very first Blimpy Base in the United States. On the next corner, we had my dentist. And across the street from that was the high school I wound up going to. So that was all on just one intersection, not blocks, intersection. 
there was tons of other shit on those blocks. <laughs> but just at that one intersection, those were those four things. So, yeah, we left the dentist's office and went right across the street, right into the funeral home. And she pulled my, oh, my mom and on Jesus Christ. She didn't know that I went to the dentist and she's talking Italian to me and whatever. And she grabbed my cheek between her first two fingers and she pulled it out and then she put her thumb down to get an extra grip and pulled and I had bruises on my face because I didn't react. And she kept doing it. Like, what's wrong with her? And my mother finally said, no, 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 no. Grandma, stop it. And she was like, why? And she told her, you know, in Italian, she just got a root canal. She can't feel that. So the next day it looked like somebody punched the shit out of my face because she'd given me black and blues because I had no reaction. And she was waiting for the reaction. And it was just, it was just weird. God, I forgot about that story. But yeah, I had, oh, it was terrible. So that I wasn't allowed to go to the, <laughs> the funeral because they didn't want to explain why I had black and blues on my face. <laughs> and I was just like, no, you stay home. Is that right? You can stay home by yourself. You'll be fine. I also couldn't go to school because <laughs> they couldn't, you know, they were like, I don't know what to tell like the teacher. But I mean, my face heals really quickly. So I mean, I was okay to go like the next week. But yeah, it was just weird. Um, Wolfie said, I wish I had my grandmother's infant of Prague. Oh, when I was a kid, I couldn't understand it. In South Philly, they called it infinite of Prague. Infinite of Prague. <laughs> the infinite of Prague. Infinite of Prague. One word and couldn't explain why they all had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob said, hi, Lass, I'm around just driving. Lady Awesome said, it was at the repast and no alcohol. However, once you put your hands on me, oh, no, that's it. I'm three different kinds of going off. Yeah, that's usually me. Usually if you touch my face. But I didn't get that trigger until I was 15. So when I was a kid, I mean, that's what Italians do. They pinch your cheeks. And they pinched them with no freaking, like, love in their heart at all. <laughs> they pinch your cheeks like, oh, let me see if I can detach it from your face. They're aggressive. They're very aggressive. I never did that with my kids because I knew how much I hated it. Um, but yeah, at the repast, it was always so many people. Like, it's so many people. And my grandmother was very good at those. She was, you know, she would sit and hold court. She never walked around. She sat, coffee in front of her, a soda or so, and me to her left, always. She always sat me to her left. I sat at the kitchen table that I have next to me right now. She's, my grandfather sat at the head. She sat to his left and I sat to her left. And my uncle got the other side of the table all to himself. And if my mother was there, she would sit next to him. If my father was there, you know, he would sit at the other head of the table. And I, I sat in that seat from the age of two. 
well into my marriage. Like, well, no, not my marriage. It, I sat in that seat until until we moved and we had to go in the condo. We didn't have room to like sit like that with Katie next to me because then my grandmother, it was just me, my grandmother and her, my grandmother would sit at the head of the table or she tried to put me at the head of the table and I used to fight her on it. But Katie was always to my left. Yeah. So it's like, we always, that's how we kept it. And I still, well now Katie sits to my right because she chews loud and that's the bad ear. So I don't have to hear because she's on my left. I'm like, no, Connor sits on my left at the head of the table. Katie sits to my right. Um, Cause I reverse the head of the table. Like I, I sit on the other side. I don't sit on the same side. Grandma sat on. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It, I, it makes sense in my head. But it, that was just always my place. I was always to her left, to her left, to her left. And, you know, then my daughter was to my left until she got a little bigger than she was to my right. And Connor was to my left. And, and we still eat like that. We still eat like that. And we walk like that. Like, I always have Connor on my left side. If he's on my right, it feels awkward. Like, I'll put Katie on my right, but I won't put Connor on my right. I'll put Connor on my left all the time. We're walking somewhere. And if he's on my right, I'm like, do you mind? And he's like, oh, sorry. And he goes around. The only time he switches it up is if we're walking down the street and the curb is on my right side. Nope. I'm not, I'm not allowed to walk on the curb. Like he's, he's got to be on the outside. And I didn't teach him that. I never brought that up with him. I never said, hey, that's what guys do. They walk on the outside. Um of the sidewalk so that, you know, in case something happens, they can just grab you and, you know, push you further in. And I asked him one day, I said, why do you do that? And he was like, cause he goes, what if a car comes and you know, they jump the curb. He was like, at least I'm here. I can, you know, I can save you. He was like, it'll come hit me first and I could push you out of the way. And I thought that was like, Oh my God. He goes, why? I said, because that's what guys did when I was growing up. That's what all, men did for you know the women in their lives they walked on the outside and it wasn't just you know for cars it was because we weren't for sale that was their way of saying no no (laughs) don't you dare whistle at this chick like don't you dare come out of your face because then we're gonna we're gonna fight like they were like are you for sale then get the hell on the inside of the sidewalk okay like and it didn't matter. It could be your father, your uncle, didn't matter. It was, no, no, I'm sorry. Are you a streetwalker? Move in. Because that's where that's where the hoes would stroll in their time. You know, that's how they found them in different cities. That's the ones on the curb. That's the streetwalkers. And they're like, no, no, in. Okay. It was always about image. It's always the optics. It's what made them feel better. But I mean, I get it. But for my son to just automatically adopt that without knowing why, I found that very, uh, very interesting. Rabbit. Uh, Polish grandmothers did that, too. I, I don't know if it's just a grandmother thing or what. It, I mean, I guess it's Polish, Italian. That's all like around the same vein, like we're up and down. They're not that far apart. But it's just. 
I don't know. It was just, oh, like, please stop doing that. It hurts so bad. Oh, my God. Sometimes I just feel like, oh, my God, she's trying to detach my face. Wolfkinder, streetwalker code of conduct. Honestly, I swear to God, uh, my Pennsylvania Dutch great-grandma would grab our face in both hands in a death grip and kiss us on the mouth. Begged my mom to do something. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had issues with people kissing me on the mouth. I didn't like it at all. I used to, you know, they'd, I'd see them come at me and I'd, I'd wait till last minute and then whoop, like just turn my head to the side. The only people that get really upset when I do that are my exes because it's just like, I'll turn, they're lucky if I turn my head to the side because, like, with Billy, the day that he tried it, I backed up, I was like, whoa, what are you doing? I can't kiss you? No. <laughs> that's a hard no for me bro like uh-uh you yo, you lost that like people tend to think i'm very like oh yeah i'm good i'll kiss anybody whatever no you you ain't getting shit out of me unless you deserve it mm -mm. and once i say no it's no and if you try again i will break you i'll take your ass out at the knees no don't fuck with me uh-uh like, if you're mine, I will rock your world. But if you're not, mm -mm, you ain't getting near this. Mm -mm. And that, that used to be the, I'm cold as shit, too. Like, on dates and stuff that I used to go on, they'd go in and be like, no, nope, cheek. cheek. Like, but I'd wait till last minute because I don't want them to get, like, angry. So she's like, oh, cheek, this way it looks like we intended it that way in case somebody's looking. But yeah, no, Wolfie, like the guys here, they were very, very protective of how we walked down the street because it was, you know, an optic. It was them signaling to other people like, no, she's protected. You can't don't go after her. That would be a bad idea on your part. This way they knew if somebody started with us. You know, they were looking for a fight and. More likely than not, they we'd get sent into the nearest restaurant, and they'd go have their little fight, and we'd get told, "Don't come out until it's over." Okay, because big mouths that we were, we'd just make it go on, 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 like, or we'd jump in. I've jumped into more fights with guys than I have with girls, because I don't like when it's uneven like that. The guys will fight like, you know, five guys on one, and it's like, oh no. Like, you see that, and us girls, we'll jump in, the girls here. I won't jump in for another girl, usually. Because usually that bitch got it coming. Nobody ever jumped in for my fucking fights. I got beat up by six girls at once, daily. Daily at high school, in that friggin' old girls Catholic high school. Because of that bitch Rose. But it was like, ugh. Anyway, but I mean, I got my ass handed to me daily because she was just such a jealous see you next Tuesday. Like it was, oh, you just. And the thing is, she wanted what I had. I didn't want what I had. And then when it didn't work out, she didn't like the fact that, you know, my grades were still, I was still number one in the class and I was still really popular. And she just, no matter what she did, no matter how cool she was, she just didn't have my friends. She wanted my friends. She didn't want friends of her own. Like they'd go out and make them. She wanted the ones that were mine. Like 
He was like, why do you have those friends? Oh, no, Rose, why don't you take them? You need them? Take them. You know, I can't control what people do. And she was just, she was psychotic. But now, of course, she's the one that, you know, you found out with diddling her kids. But allegedly. But whatever. Um, that's that's the rumor. <laughs> Not so much a rumor. I kind of wish I would have stabbed her in the neck, but whatever. Um, kidding. In Minecraft. Um, YouTube. Kidding. 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 In a way that I'm not. Uh, and yet, I only ever fought with my siblings or a bully. I mean, these were all bullies. They were, they were hired basically to beat me up because she couldn't do it. I'd have killed her. Uh, if I saw someone bullying someone, it was on. One girl really messed up and sicked my brothers and sisters on her all. I sicked my brothers and sisters on her all year. We lived in a small town. That's the same like here. Uh, that ain't for me. I'll fight one-on-one -on -one if I need to, but you bring two, three, four, everybody's getting ventilated. Yeah. No, it was every day. It was every day. And that's why I didn't go to school for like a year. And they were like, why don't you come to school? Because I was number one. Why wouldn't I go to school? I love school. I rocked that place. But no, because I didn't like getting beat up every day. And it was right, we were right outside the principal's window. Right outside this bitch's window. She saw it every motherfucking day. Never said a word. But if you lit a cigarette across the street, she'd come out like Jesus was on her tail. Like, oh no, there'll be none of that, really? That's great, lady, you dick. Like, just, oh, I hated that. That's why I punched her. But anyway. I'm kidding. That's not why I hit her. I didn't know it was her. If I'd have known it was her, I probably wouldn't have done it. Well, no, I wouldn't have done it. Because I didn't want to get in trouble. I would, like I said, I was a good girl. Up until I realized that I was ruined, and the priest did not help with that. He really didn't. Like, I was just, I was just a harlot. You know, God might forgive me, but no husband was going to want me. I was sullied. So it was like, okay. So after that, I was like, all right, God, you want a war with me? First, you take my dad, then yeah, get nice and graped, and that's just great. Then just destroy all my dreams. All right, fuck you. You, you want to play? We'll play. And I went whole hog. <laughs> I shouldn't call Nancy a hog. But I mean, you know, I did the whole, fine, then I'll just have sex with girls. I'll just do this. I'll do that. I'll go try these drugs. I'll try those drugs. You want to take, oh, you want to take, you know, naked pictures? Sure, let's go. I don't give a fuck. Anything I thought would piss God off, I did. I didn't rebel against my mother. I didn't rebel against my family. I rebelled against God because he was the one that I blamed. Because it was like, you already put me through all this shit. You know, Really? And I hadn't remembered it. When I did, I really, I, me and God, were, we were done. We were done. I never hated somebody so much in my life. And I did. And I used to tell him every day, I, you know, I hate you. I hate what you did to me. I hate that you let me go through that. Where the fuck were you? I was so angry. 
I still get a little angry. I mean, I know it had to happen, I guess. I guess it was better that it happened to somebody who wasn't going to, you know, not survive it. I mean, it took me a long time to actually say, okay, I, I'm over most of what was done. You know, I've healed a lot, but... You know, why does God want me to be so goddamn strong? It's like, why do I have to learn those lessons? I don't want them. Take that shit back where you found it. Like, I want a refund. But yeah, no, I was mad for a long, long time. Long time. Uh, keywords, if I need to, though. I'm a little guy. What do you think? I'm five foot three. You think, what, I was taller then? Uh, I don't follow fighting if I don't... I don't follow fights if I don't need to. And if I do, I don't fight fair. Oh, no, never fight fair. Mm -mm. I love how people are like, oh, you didn't fight fair. Were they fighting fair? No. Then why should I? They started it. There was more of them. I didn't see you stepping in to help me. So, like, yeah, as long as I didn't get to the ground, I was good. I could take a beating. I can, I can... I can take a hit. I could take many, many, many hits. The only thing that's important is that I stay on my feet. Because they're going to tire out. They're going to get tired, no matter how many of them there are. They're going to get bored. They're going to get tired. They're going to have to save something for tomorrow. You know, just as long as I can stay on my feet, I felt like I did okay. You know, I could take the pain. Now, if you hit my face... It's like the devil took over because I will, I don't care who you are. I will swing until you are just making like hamburger meat noises when my hands land. Like I will, I will punch you till it's slippery and I won't stop. Somebody's going to have to pull me off you because I'm not there anymore. All, all you see when I, when that happens and it takes a lot, like, that's all trauma. That's all trauma response. That's I go, whoop, I'm gone. Like my conscious self is just gone. And I'm in full on beast survival mode. And it's not if you just touch my, I mean, if I don't know you and you touch my face, you're going to get hit. Like, that's, just, that's just it. You're going to get one hit and that's it. But if you smack me or you punch me, you better be ready to knock me the fuck out. Because I'll swing around and the minute I snap back to you, no, that's not me anymore. I scare myself. I never want to be that person. Because I, I won't hold back at all. Every time I've ever fought, I've held back. <laughs> because I know what I'm capable of. And I know how hard I hit. I mean, Spanky, he's the lip. He goes, Jesus, you hit like a man. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, no, nah, it's all right. But damn, Shell. It's like, I'm, you know, I have tiny little hands. Do you know what it is to get punched with a tiny little fist when there's somebody who knows how to hit? Fucking hurts. It's like somebody hit you with a little sledgehammer. It's very, very, like, it's that delayed reaction almost kind of pain where you're just like, did she, yeah, she hit me, and you're just done. I told you, I dropped my fucking poor husband in the middle of uh, Food Town, 
And all I did was punch him in the stomach. Like I punched sideways and I got him right in the solar plexus. And that was it. He went down like a fucking load of bricks. I was like, really? I'm sorry, but damn. <laughs> that was way too easy. I lost so much respect for him. Uh, my youngest daughter calls her sippy cup pinky. The, the sun monster? Same monster? Mobster. The sun mobster. Okay. Thought I'd share. I say all the time our youngest twins have been here before. They just act like old souls. Example, my youngest daughter calls her sippy cup pinky. The sub, some mobster. What's it? Pinky. Just pinky the mobster. Can we just keep it pinky the mobster? Because I don't know what the sum is. Uh, side note, the cup only has a little bit of pink on it. Oh, lovely. I mean, I think, like, we know your kids probably have been around here before. Come on, you've been, I know I've looked at those babies and you're like, wow, it's not your first trip, is it? Like, you just know there's just something in, in the way they are. They're, like, a little too mature or just they get references that you're like, how can you possibly know that? Um... And you said, I whooped her in the park, but she was so vile to my friend, a boy in our grade that was really shy and poor. Yeah, they tend to pick on those. Teachers were even bad to him. Mm -hmm. She was taunting him and pretending to be his girlfriend. And when I saw his face fall, I saw red. She went home with a black eye and hair torn out. Nice. She pulled mine first. Uh, well, she couldn't even ride with her bike to her house after that. She would get the hose or work. Now, see, that's old school. Get the hose. <laughs> that used to happen with the old ladies in the windows. <laughs> if they, somebody walked past their house that they didn't like, they had no problem dropping a flower pot off that windowsill, and it would just land on the ground, scare the shit out of the person walking past. They'd be like, oh, oh, sorry, my elbow hit it. They'd be like, yeah, the next time they walk past, they'd be on the other side of the street. She'd be like, see, he learned his lesson. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if she starts talking about making somebody swim with the fishes, be very afraid. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no horse heads, please. God. And yeah, uh, Wolfkinder, I was just thinking about that. There's something... That happened when I was an infant that I learned about later, and I think I want to remember it. I'll have to check that out, Wolf Kinder. It puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose. Mm hmm Yep. Always lovely. All right, let me see. What were we up to? All right, so... Like I said, there's a lot of judgmental people out there. There's levels of intensity that i'm not ready to deal with with some people they i understand religion is a very um touchy subject i realize it's a very emotional subject it's a very personal thing but just because i discuss what i believe doesn't mean i'm putting a damper on what you believe and people take it to that extreme you know they take it offensively like i'm just saying how i am i'm not telling you how to be i'm not criticizing your faith i'm not criticizing your practices 
you're getting defensive for no reason. And I don't understand why that's so common now. Like, if you talk about religion, people get like, ah. like, people talk about Catholicism all the time. And I get like, yeah, it sucks. But why, why do you have to point it out? I don't get it. Like, what, like, what's the point? Are you solving something or are you just pointing out issues and leaving them there? Because then you're just being critical. Like, and nobody asks for your critique. I don't want to talk about what you think is horrible about my faith. Why don't you tell me the good things about yours? How about that? You know, you talk about yours, I'll talk about mine, and then we can discuss. But don't just come out the gate saying, well, mine is better because yours does. Don't knock my faith. It's mine. It means something to me. You want me to come over there and knock your faith? I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to belittle your your belief system. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. So why come at me sideways like that? Why come at me, you know, like all knives out, like, oh, your religion is better. Stop. Like, this is my soul. Let you let me save my soul and secure my soul and its well-being on my own. Because it's my business. It's not your business. You know, and I'm not talking about family or whatever. Although they can, they could take their opinions and shove them too. But um, I'm talking about just outside people that they just feel the need to, you know, impart their wisdom to you in a way that's really, really offensive. Very little offends me. But when you're attacking my faith that is mine and mine alone and not something you could possibly understand because I couldn't possibly put it all into words. Who the hell are you? Like, what, what is your right to do that to me? You don't have a right to walk all over my beliefs. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I love this country because that's how it was. We came here, like, for religious freedom. That's why they made the trip. You know, they... Most of them, I'm not talking about the discoverers, they did it, you know, because they were explorers, but and they were looking for real estate and better routes and shit. But like the people who moved here and started over, they came here so that they could have religious freedom, so that they weren't getting beheaded for their religious beliefs, they weren't getting, you know, put in jail because they enjoyed mass. You know, they could be Catholic, they could be Quaker, they could be Puritan, they could be whatever, you know. And that was okay. That was what they were here for. We went from that to you're not even allowed to discuss God in school. You're allowed to discuss how a boy isn't a boy and a girl isn't a girl and all that bullshit. But God has no place in school, apparently. You can't teach things like that. That's offensive. You can't talk about God. There's too many different things. So, okay, so there's all different religions out there, and we're not allowed to talk about them because we can't cover them all. But you can talk about the 900 fucking genders in the world, right? Nine gender ident- 900 gender identities or 2,000, however many they have today. You could talk about kids, you know, being animals and furries and all this bullshit. That's all okay. Well, otherwise, like, 
how many people have told me you talk to God? Is that like talking to Santa or like the tooth fairy? Cause you know, this like an imaginary person. You have no proof that he's there. Um, you know that you were born with a dick. So you're a boy and not a girl. And if you think you are, it's your imagination. So there's fantasy for you. There's fantasy. At least my fantasy doesn't hurt anybody. My fantasy doesn't sterilize me. My fantasy doesn't corrupt people. It doesn't come from an evil place. Okay, if God doesn't exist, where's the harm in me believing in him? Where was the harm? If he brought me solace and brought me peace, you know, if talking to him made me feel better, if it saved me from doing horrible things to myself, you know, if following the teachings made me treat other people better. You know, if following the Ten Commandments made me a better person, made me, gave me a guideline as I grew up to teach me right and wrong and all these things. Where's the harm in all that? There's no harm, I believe, in God. There might be harm in religion because of fanatics and stuff like that. But I don't believe that there's harm in believing in God. There is harm in believing imaginary things like uh, gender ideology, like gender identification or misidentification. You call me a cis woman and you're going to meet God real quick. You know, like I will beat you. You will be in a coma and God will have a conversation and you will wake up and apologize for being an idiot. Because what the hell? That's fantasy. There's man, there's woman. That's it. I want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. God, science, my own eyes, they all tell me there's man and a woman. You want to engage in this fantasy life and then Teach it like it is a religion, because to them, it kind of is, kind of is. And they go out and they say these things, and it's just like, you're doing so much harm. You're not making anybody better. You're messing up families. You're messing up communities. You're killing society. You're breaking things down. You are bringing on Armageddon in these people's lives every day. Rabbit said the only one who calls me sis is my sister. Yep, and it's not with the C, it's with the S. That's right. And you hear it. You can hear the difference. I feel like it's the same exact sound. I hear the letter. I hear it. It's like when you say, you know, somebody was mad. You know that it's mad with like a capital M. <laughs> they were mad. They were big mad. Yeah, you hear it. Uh, I've ha I have said cis woman is not my preferred label. Please say woman. And that's the thing, Wolfie. Like they, but they don't. They don't care. They just they want to call you what they want to call you, and it doesn't matter if they quote unquote misgender you because you're typical. You're not one of them, so you don't get the same rights they get. You know, you don't get the same respect that they demand, which is bullshit, but it's like, whatever. But like, you believe in this imaginary world where, you know, 
oh, I'm a girl, but you got a dick. Like, mm. like <laughs> two of these things don't go together. But, you know, but then you have the nerve to turn around and be like, well, you believe in an imaginary God. You believe in an imaginary gash. Are you kidding? Like, you literally imagine your penis away. Ah. And they think it's okay. And this is the shit that's in schools. But not God. Can't say prayers in school. God forbid. <laughs> Funny. It's it's just... <sighs> they know the damage... Uh, Jacob Pete said they know the damage they're doing. Shell, um, they despise morality, and in the founding documents of the critical gender theory, where all this stems, it's in the founding documents of the critical gender theory, where all this stems from. And that's the thing, you know, we used to have a hundred years ago, we had morality laws. You realize that Frank Sinatra got arrested for having sex with a married woman when he was married. He got arrested for that. That was a punishable, finable offense. Because he broke the morality law. That's when men dressed in suits all the time. Women wore dresses. People didn't lock their doors much. Windows were open. You know. Neighbors talked to one another. Did immoral shit go on of course it did god the devil is everywhere and people are fallible you know like i said they have free will they could do what they want and they will they always will but <sighs> the permissiveness that we've allowed to happen and I'm just as guilty. I've done so many things in my life that I wish I hadn't. Because somebody took something away from me. And I just I said, okay, well, that's something I can't get back. I'll just go the other way. And I did. I ran with it. And I made horrible decisions. And I suffered for it. I still suffer for it. And I probably will continue. Which is why I don't think that I'll go to hell. Because my punishment is here. You know, I, I got punished from the moment I was born. And it didn't stop. That's why I always, you know, when people's like, they're like, oh, do you believe in purgatory? Yeah, I believe this is purgatory. Purgatory is where God puts you to work your shit out. Why else would we all suffer so much down here? Why else would there be so much misery? So much hatred? Because you need to work on yourself. Where else are you going to do that? I don't think that there's life and then purgatory and then heaven or hell. I think God skipped the middleman and just put us all in purgatory. He's like, well, since I can't wipe out the earth... Y'all are just going to have to work on each other, you know, and, and yourselves all the time. And then at the end, you know, he'll say, all right, come on, or you go there, or you come here. Or maybe he'll say, nope, send them back, make them start over. 
they didn't learn their lesson this time, but it's all right. We're going to, you know, you're, you fucked this one up, but we're going to try it again. I mean, but those are just the things that I've, um, I've developed belief in over the years. You know, it just, it makes sense to me. There's no, there's no manuscript that tells me that there's no book. There's no Bible. There's no outside force that put that in my head. That was me going, there's no way we're suffering for no reason. There's just no way. I don't believe God would ever do that to us. I believe we suffer so that we can better ourselves. And sometimes we suffer as a lesson for other people. Like this, if I hadn't gone through what I went through my whole life, I wouldn't have helped any of the people that I helped by doing this. I, I wouldn't have helped anybody. And I think that would have been the tragedy of my life, not, not having an effect on somebody where they could turn around and say, no, you know what? I, I can do this. I can do this. It's okay. Like, listening to the things that I talk about and like, even like when I break down, is it an attractive thing to do? Nope, but it's real. I will always give you authentic me. You might not like it all the time. You might not agree. But you know it's me. You know I'm not putting on airs because I'm the same every fucking day. You know, it's... People like to label me as different things and these are people who they really they don't know me they really don't they know the uh they know the show you know that i put on if i have to they know the default bit the one that's easy to fall back on when things get too uncomfortable and they tend to cling to that because they're kind of shallow you know they don't want to look deeper that's fine um, but there's so much more to me than that. So much more to me than that. And it pisses me off when people just write me off as one thing or another. And it's like, really? Cause I don't, I don't look at you that way. It's just weird. I give you more credit than you give me. And you know, you kind of suck for it. You really do. Um, and I've met a lot of people like that in my life and oh, so many on here. Oh, dear God, so many judgmental people here. Uh, not you guys. You guys are lovely. Chad is good. Chad is wise. Chad knows all. You know, and I always say that and I always mean it. Um, I get discouraged. You know, I get discouraged when it comes to talking about religion, about opening up about it. Because there's so many people out there who act holier than thou. And, you know, they, they do things like, oh, you know, priest Jesus, I see you, Jesus, whatever. Like, just throwing around Jesus' name does not convince me that you're spiritual. Not when you act like, you know, the complete piece of shit. So, I mean, if you're going to act like, you know, some egotistical little, you know, chicken went out ahead. That's what I'm going to see. I'm not going to see you as some like uber religious person. 
And then there are some people out there who live in such a way that I can tell how spiritual they are, how spiritually gifted they are, because they're just kind and they're considerate. And, you know, they emanate this non-hostile, speaking of non-hostile, bye, rabbit, love you. I'll talk to you later. Drop, you know, enjoy the weekend, please. And then, you know, the upcoming week. I know it's going to be hard, but you got the best heart, rabbit. Just go love your great-granddaughter and just give her all the love you can. All right? We're sending you all our love. So, mwah. Um, There are people out there who just emanate goodness and strength, and you believe in them. And you just, you, you want to make them prouder. You want them to be around. You want them to like you because they're good people. And it's nice to be liked by good people. Because it's kind of like, oh, all right, maybe I'm not a giant piece of shit. Then. <laughs> you know, maybe there's something to it. But I do, I feel discouraged by these people who act holier than thou. Because they're like, oh, you know, yeah, how close could you be with God or whatever? Because you curse and you do this and you do that. I am who I am. God knows who I am. If he's not striking me down all the time, I don't feel that condemnation coming from him. Who the hell are you to call that down on me? So it makes me reluctant to talk to them because, yeah, I'm a sinner. Yes, I've always been a sinner. Even when I was a good girl, I was still a sinner. Everybody sins. I don't think that's the end of everything. It's not the be all and end all. I don't think God is that friggin' like shallow. I really don't. I mean, he created us from nothing. You know, he figured out how we worked. He figured out to give us a consciousness, to give us free will. We don't have any talents that weren't given to us by a higher power. We don't. Everything within you was given to you at creation and trickled down through that association. You know, and that's why like the race thing gets to me because, okay, fine. We're, you know, you're a different color. You're a different this, you're different. What? I don't care. Oh my God. What are we going to start? Like all the redheads have to be together. Expert would love that. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. You guys, you, you got to fight because you're a brunette and you're a blonde. Really? Because I could go to the store and change that. Like, okay, I'm too wet. I can go get a tan. Like, these are superficial things. Are they part of the DNA? Yeah. But they're not part of who you are. You know, your soul doesn't have a color. Your soul doesn't have a hair color, an eye color. It doesn't have um, a height requirement. It doesn't have a weight limit. It doesn't have... A religious like expectation. What it has is it has this light that you need to nurture. That's your only real job in life is to like get through your life without the darkness overtaking your soul. And maybe you'll find somebody to like share that space with who has a soul that that's complementary to yours that that works with yours that connects with yours i believe in soulmates i don't believe you have one i don't 
the the idea that God created all of us to have one soulmate to me that's ridiculous because you have different needs and God the God supposedly the only one who could supply and meet all those needs because he's God you know people can't do that and to put that kind of expectation on them that's just mean why would you do that you're setting them up for failure you're setting them up to disappoint you and you're self-sabotaging. And I know how hard it is to avoid that. Believe me, I know how hard that is. Uh, but if God's the only one who can meet your needs, then you have to have more than one soulmate. You have to. Because there are different needs that one person can't meet. So you have to be able to connect. And I'm sure that they're out there. I've met many. Uh, Lady Awesome said, sending you loving energy, Rabbit. May you have the strength to not only get through this difficult time, but have enough strength to be a pillar of strength for those around around you that around her that need it. Rabbit will be here waiting for you. Absolutely. See, you're so much more eloquent when it comes to like the emotional stuff than me. Because I'm just like, I just want to hug you. I love you. That's that's all I got. Because that's like the base. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm feeling. I'm like, girl, I hate that she has to go through this. I wish I could take some of that from her, but I, at this point, I don't even know if I have the strength. I don't think Rabbit realizes how inspirational she is to people. And again, that could be a really heavy burden. Like I have people who say, you know, I, I really, I, I need your show. I need to hear you because you really helped me. And I get that. And I want that. I want that because I want for somebody to feel better after they talk with me. Lady Awesome, oh, what kind words. Well, it's true. I mean, you just, you're awesome. You really, that's why I call you Lady Awesome. Like you're just you're good at that. You do that with me all the time, and I'm just you disarm me so so often it's ridiculous. I'm just like this bitch. Because <laughs> I know you're tough. I know you are. And you just you're you're just such a mom. You really are. You just and for somebody who didn't have a good mom, that's the highest compliment I could I could pay you. Because I know what it takes to give off that mom energy. And you have a mother's heart. You know, you have the... You have the ability to open your arms and people feel comfortable with you. And that's... It's a very special quality to have. And I mean, I'm glad that you come back here all the time. Because I would, I would miss you. And I'm glad that Rabbit has a friend like you. Because she needs that. She it's more than just my blubbering. Cause I'm just like, oh, I feel so bad. I'm too emotional. You're very you're very comforting. You are, and you're very good at it. And then when you get mad, it's even better. Cause I'm like, woo! When you and Rabbit get mad, it's great. Oh my god, it's like better than watching, you know, wrestling. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so yeah, those holier than thou people—they make me—they make me feel like I'm not saved enough to have the conversation. 
Yeah, which is crap, because how am I supposed to get better if I can't talk about it? How are any of us supposed to get better if we can't talk about it? She said, I've been a mom since I was a junior in high school. It's all I know. Yeah, but no, it's it's not something that you learn. It's who you are. You have a mother's heart. Yeah, it's it means something different to me than I think I could ever like describe. But I know what it is to be a mother and not not feel that, not be that. And then I know what it is, you know, to be a mom and feel that and let everybody feel it. Which is why I'm always the mouthy mama. Yeah, I'm going to yell at you and curse at you and whatever. But it's going to be while I'm like holding you and smacking you in the back of the head and then holding you tighter. Because I want to protect you, but I'm still want to. You've got to learn to. Yeah, it's like why don't you listen? Yeah, because I'm the aggravated mom. <laughs> you're much more. It's gonna be okay. You know, you're gonna listen to me. I mean, I don't want you to take it to the fence, but uh, oh my god, the celebrities and the shows about God being like Santa and the Tooth Fairy. That was one of the things I wrote down. Because these the celebrities got to stop. Like, thank you. That that's a wonderful compliment. I'll take it. Good. It was meant as a compliment. But yeah, like these celebrities, I can't. They're who's you know into this religion, that religion, this religion. It's all over the freaking place, and it's like really, like, and they're like, oh, you know, I can't believe. Look at like Bill Maher with religious. I was just talking to Winning about this. He did such a job on religion that at the end, I was like, holy crap, do I believe in anything? Because he went at it so hard. And I'm like, but wait a minute. Who made him an official on religion? Like, did he read about it? Yeah, but if you don't feel a connection to the spiritual, then you can't understand it. So, of course, you're going to go after it. Of course, you're going to reject it and say it's imaginary and it's, you know, you're talking to your friend in the sky. You know, like, they're going to find reasons not to support it. I can't prove God exists. That doesn't mean I don't believe he exists. That doesn't mean I don't have faith. And that's just it. It's faith. It's a feeling. Like I said, I am an instinctual person. I go with my gut most of the time. You know, I feel things out. I feel people out. I feel situations. Like when I say I'm just a little off center, I mean, I am off center. I cannot function in my lane right now. My car is drifting to the left and I don't know why. But all the whole ride through the day, I'm constantly, you know, jerking the fucking wheel to the right to keep on course. And it's draining because I'm not where I'm supposed to be, like mentally, emotionally, and I can't do a reset. And that's where I've, I've been the last couple of days. I've been really off and just. I don't know if it's my body telling me, you know, something's not right or, you know, like this was. The food poisoning was definitely not a good thing. Thank God it it wasn't, you know, in me very long because I ate. And then within 20 minutes, I was like, no, nope, got to go. And I just threw it all up. But 
I was still sick like the whole night. <laughs> like the whole night. I got back to winning stream and I was just like, oh my God, yeah, he's, oh, look, Jacob's talking. I was knocked out. I, that was it. That was all she wrote. And I was looking forward to it so much. I have to watch it later. But I mean, I was looking forward to this goddamn thing all freaking day. And of course, I got like, I got, maybe I got myself too excited throughout the day or, you know, working up to it. That happens with me. Like, I'll get like, and then when the time comes, I may, I've made myself sick. My son does it. That's why I try not to like overhype things for him. Cause he gets like that level of excitability where he can't stop and he's practically vibrating with it. And then if anything goes wrong or like he just relaxes a little bit and the adrenaline comes down, he's like, he just falls apart. And I do that. So I try not to build my expectations because it will make me sick. Like, yeah, it's winning stream. He doesn't worry that much about it. Like he just, he knows he's got this. I'm the one sitting there freaking worried out of my mind. Go, yeah, it's going to be great. Meanwhile, I'm just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Because I just want it to go so well. And then I make myself sick. So stupid. Um, another thing was how angry I was with God. That's apparently something you're not supposed to do. Oh, I got, I got reamed for that. Uh, Wolfkinder, I think most people who are very anti-religion have had to deal with someone with extreme beliefs. Yep, I gave up on God for a little when my parents joined a born-again church. Oh, with the delusional minister. I have a problem, like, when people are saved with how extreme they are. Like Connor's father, he's saved. Oh, you know, Jesus said everything about Jesus and God is a friggin' excuse for him. Because he'll come preaching at me, preaching at me, preaching at me, preaching at me. And I shut him down every time with, did God tell you to, I don't know, step up and be a father? Was that like, was that not a lesson that God intended to teach you? Because, you know, I think God, you know, God sacrificed his son for us. But I didn't think he came down and told you just ignore the shit out of yours, you piece of shit. You know, so it's just like, you know, so, ah, Castro, Castro. But yeah, no, so it's like I, I get real aggravated with people who are extremists because now you're a, you know, Bible thumping, holy roller. You forget, I know you, you still a hoe, you still a liar and you still don't take care of your kids. So what's God got to say about that? I cancel it in Jesus' name. I'm going to cancel you in Jesus' name. Like, stop. I hate, and oh, it's just that's such a big, such a trigger for me. I get so mad. I get so mad because I'll sit here like they say it, and I look up and I'm like, really? Are you testing me right now? Because I'm a fail. I'm telling you, God, I'm a fail right now. I'm telling you, I'm gonna fail this test because I'm gonna fuck this bitch up. Like it's just you know, like don't do this to me, Daisy girl. Um, Daisy's been very quiet, but I'm assuming you're lurking. But yeah, no, I was, I was angry with God for a long time. I mean, it wasn't that I remember, it wasn't the stuff that I remembered. Cause I didn't remember that till I was, um, 15. 
Well, well, 16. But, um, like, losing my, losing my stepdad, um, that I held against him a lot. I was very angry. Um, when my little cousin was born with a hole in her hip, and they thought, you know, she'll never walk or whatever. I, I was so angry, so angry with God. And the thing was, I was angry with God, but I prayed to St. Anne. And I did novenas to St. Anne. And I went and I worked the feast for St. Anne for free in 110 degree heat. At night, I got eaten up by all sorts of bugs. It didn't matter. I did whatever they asked me to do, no matter how hard the work was, because I was I was asking for this huge favor. And the hole in her hip closed. And she she went on, she did ballet, gymnastics, she did all the things I did. And she's fine now. She's she's strong and she's beautiful and she has no leg problems at all. And I I thanked St. Anna over and over and over and over. And I was still mad at God because of what happened to me. And I was like, I'm still like, thank you, but I don't forgive you. I couldn't, I couldn't forgive God for years. And then when I got my memories, like, oh my God, no, oh, that it was full on war with us. Cause I just, I could not believe he let that happen. And I still get irritated. I'm like, you know, not for nothing, but where were you? Because if you just let that happen, that that's that's messed up. That's messed up. You don't do that. But again, free will. He he allows other free will. He can't. I guess he could save me from everything, but then who would I be? Yeah, you know, he couldn't helicopter parent me. He had a Gen X parent me. He had to let it happen. And he had to have known ahead of time that I could, I could come back from it. It might take work. It might take decades. And it did. But he must have known that I had that strength somewhere within me. I just had to find it. Uh, Daisy, nope, not been lurking, been fighting. Been fighting? With who? Who are you fighting? Ah, Angel spoke directly to me and saved my life. Oh, Castro. That's all you're going to say about that? I mean, that's quite the mic drop line to say. And they'd be like, hey, Daisy Technology is asshole. Really? Daisy Girl Williams. Someone came on Memes panel and went straight for winning. Went straight for winning. Max spent the next two shows handing that dude his butt after. Wait a minute. What did I miss? Who went after winning? Because that, <laughs> who went after winning? Who was it, Daisy? I wondered why there was no, uh, Oh, 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 the motherfucker. Captain needs to shut the fuck up. That one. Mm -hmm. And I, okay, well, 
I didn't know that. Is the stream over? There he is. Hello, winning. You okay? Don't forget, I have a delay. So you type it, I can't see it. Sean was on panel. And shit. Sean who? Sean potentially criminal? Unbelievable. I've been listening and working. Mm-hmm. Not according to Daisy. Jacob Castro. I was staring at the sunset. Voice said very firmly, like in order to look down. And there was a huge rattlesnake underneath my foot. Oh my goodness. Jacob said, bang! Yes, that's, I say that a lot. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, we'll be having a conversation. Yeah, listening here. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to be listening. Just be careful. Is it over in the other place? Is memes done? Or God, I hope you don't make that private because I want to see it. Um, <clears throat> dear God. I'm going to let it go until I talk to you privately. Um. I totally derailed. Oh my god. See, because now this is where God needs to intervene and hold my tongue. <laughs> so much I want to say. Anyway. Um, anyway, to wrap up, because my mind is shot now, let me just read what I wrote. Um, there was a lack of trust between me and God, but never a lack of faith. I didn't trust him to have my best interests at heart or to even like me. I, I thought God hated me. But I always believed he was there. His stream is over, not private yet. Max even told Cat what model phone he was on when he was 25. <laughs> I fucking love Max, he is awesome. He sends me all these videos that he doesn't think I watch from World War II, about World War II. I watch them all. <laughs> it's just, I watch them at really weird times, and then I don't want to, like, text him and be like, oh, my God, that was really interesting, because he'll start a conversation, and I'm like, I know I got to sleep. I'm like, I got to sleep. And then I forget. So I feel bad. But if Max is anywhere around, I love you, Max, and I love your videos that you send me. Um. Yeah, I I just didn't think that God cared about me. How could He care about me if He's going to let all this shit happen? You know, like I had to have faith that He was there, so I had time to forgive Him for what happened to me, for what He allowed to happen to me. You know, because he he put that person in my life for whatever reason. 
you know, maybe I would have been a complete pushover had it not been for what happened to me. Maybe I would have married somebody who was worse than all of them combined. I don't know. Yeah, it's a mystery and it's going to stay a mystery until I get to talk to him and say, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> okay, you just, I just need you to explain like from birth to like, you know, age 48, like just explain those that time because what the hell? Um, yeah, I, I want him to explain why he made my brain the way he did. Uh, everyone needs to read A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Thank you, Daisy. That is a Daisy recommendation, guys. A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I'm guessing it's a self-help book. Lady Autumn, damn, I miss everything. Girl, I missed it, and he's freaking, like, right here. For, like, didn't, not a heads up, because he knows I would have been like, stream's over. I would have. I went right over with my big mouth. It's smart to keep me in the dark sometimes, but not so smart when I'm going to be pissed off at you now. Um, and the same way I'm always pissed off at you winning for about three seconds, and I'm like, are you okay? Because I'm a sap. Um, I don't like people forced. I'm just reading the rest of the list because I, I have to finish because that's the OCD in me. Um, people forcing their beliefs on me. I had to throw that in there because I knew it would annoy winning. Uh, people have rolled their eyes at me when I mention God. I hate that, by the way. They act like I don't have a brain in my goddamn head. Like, she couldn't possibly know anything about religion. Really? Really? All right, let's go. Let's, let's have a theological conversation. You want to go? We'll go. Because... They're like, oh, well, she does tarot cards. That's witchcraft. Actually, no, no, it's not. It's it's really not. It's literally just, you know, reading what's in the cards and listening to the spiritual. That's what I do. I don't sit there and like, oh, let's pick this. Let's pick um, things aren't jumping out. I go by energy, which means I have to be tuned into them. My cards are a part of me. And that was something my great-grandparents learned, well, my great-grandmothers learned in the old country. I mean, we've been readers, as far as I know, about seven generations back. So this is not something that's just, I just picked it up one day and said, hey, let me be, you know, like, let me read tarot cards. No, I'm very specific about who I read for. I'm very specific about what I tell them. I don't do negative readings because people tend to make the negative happen you know the self-fulfilling prophecies they sabotage damn it's members only oh i'll be a member i don't give a fuck how much he charges um but yeah i've had people roll their eyes at me and i'm like that's a family tradition that has nothing to do with my religious beliefs that has to do with the fact that we can feel energy of a sort and to me that's a god-given gift and it's not one that i use arbitrarily i don't overuse it i don't use it for gain i tried doing that on here and it it felt so horrible to me i've, I've never charged for um for my readings like in college people gave me money for it yeah because they just wanted to give me money for it 
but I would do it for free and they knew it. But they also knew that I needed money to pay bills. So it was like, that's totally up to you. As an adult, I was like, just, you, know, you really need, you need to pay me? Fine, bring a bottle of wine. Who drank the bottle of wine? They did. Because they were so nervous. And that was, there was a method to my madness. They would come here so nervous that they'd be vibrating on their way in the door. I'd be like, yeah, let's crack open that bottle. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. You're nice and calm. Now we can start. Because if you're like really high strung, those cards are like, nope, nope, mm -mm, I'm not interacting with this person. <clears throat> um, you know, people forget that I was raised Catholic. I wasn't raised like moderate Catholic. I was raised Italian Catholic. And not too many generations off the boat either. So like, it was intense. Everything had to do with God in my house. Everything. Every meal, every accident. It didn't matter what I did. If something went wrong, see, what'd you do? Nothing. It just had no God punished you for something. What'd you do? Well, he you're probably gonna do it. He just saw the opportunity and took it. God was always punishing me for something. Always. Um yeah, I went to daily religion classes in school every school day for 11 and a half years. You know, I didn't just learn about Catholicism. I did learn about other religions. And then as I went into adulthood, I was really curious. And once I got the internet, oh, that was like, I could, I could read the Quran by myself. I could read the Torah by myself. Like, okay, let's, and I would spend literally months binge watching and reading and everything on certain topics until I just absorbed as much information as I could. And then I would move on. Uh, I love that you shouldn't charge for spiritual gift argument. You shouldn't. It's not, it's, I'm doing it to help you. I'm doing it because I moved to some people I refuse to, to read for. I just, I can't. And that's just because it's me. It's because that's something that I feel I was given and given more of each time I died. You know, every time I came back, I always, you know, was a little different, a little more in tune with what was going on somewhere else. Uh, Lady Awesome, I used to think, oh, I can't charge for card readings. Took me a while to realize payment is just an exchange of energy. No, and that's fine. I believe that people who put their time and effort into it, they should get what they feel, you know, they have coming to them. I can't put a monetary thing on it. I would rather you come here and I can actually see you know, the, your reaction. I can see where the, where the puzzle piece clicks. That's the payment for me. That is the payment where they, they're in conflict about something and now they're not. Because nobody wants to, like nobody that I do card readings for comes to me just because they're curious. You know, it's not like a, oh, I was just wondering. No, they have a genuine problem and they want a little insight. So if I can provide them with something that suddenly clears that up or helps them move at least, you know, toward one direction or another, that's payment for me. Because I, money means nothing to me. So paying me means nothing. I need that shit karmically. 
because <laughs> I got issues. But you know, yeah, no, my my payment is always um in good karma, good energy. Uh your gift is worth an exchange of energy. That energy is just all they have. Yeah. Um Daisy Girl just seen that and chat replay is not available, but I believe Bobby Bologna said he was archiving meme stream with chat. Nice. Um, Shelly, that's more of you giving yourself too much. Again, I mean, you and the Egyptian are on the same page. She's like, you realize that people need to pay you for your time and your abilities. Like this, nothing in the world is free and you're giving it for free. And that's stupid. <laughs> she was very... <laughs> cut to the chase she did not she definitely was not a Willy Wonka worker she did not sugarcoat shit she was very much like no they're gonna pay you I don't care even if you have to laminate a page for them they can not two dollars per laminate you paid for that laminating paper right yeah you paid for the machine yeah but it only takes me two seconds but you paid for the supplies no nothing is free they pay <laughs> so it was yeah but for me it's it's just, it's a personal exchange for me. And a little bit that I've, I've just met so many people who are just crap at it. And they just, like, I know you're, you're a, what is it? Reiki? You're a Reiki spiritualist, right? Like you do the energy cleansing and stuff like that. And I believe in all that stuff. That takes study. It takes skill. Me reading tarot cards, it's just me just telling you what you already know, I feel. You know it. You're just, you're denying it. I'm not telling you anything new. I'm not revealing secrets. I'm telling you things you already know, but don't want to face. You know, things that somebody else has to tell you for you to validate them or for them to validate you. So I'm, I don't charge for stuff like that but i mean i did in college when i needed it the most because you know that car wasn't going to drive itself it needed gas <laughs> it was like i needed something uh would you pay a kid to take to take leaves or shovel snow of course i would but i mean i know a lot of kids who don't who won't take it like i mean that's just how we are around here and i mean it tends to be like i tend to do readings for the people that I know rather than just anybody. But I mean, if somebody needs it, they'll DM me and say, I need a reading. And I'll, All right. Just, you know, tell me when. Uh, it's wild when you get to the point in life when, where when you read the Bible, the words fly off to you. I'm very blessed. Yes. It, it's amazing when you can read something and you're actually moved by it. I'm telling you that T.D. Jakes, his sermons, oh my God, I'm like addicted to them. Because the way he breaks it down, the way he breaks down Bible verse, he'll just take one Bible verse and talk about it for an hour and a half. And it just makes so much sense to me. And he really, he talk, I feel like he talks right to my heart. The same way that that priest in the in the hospital. He had information he shouldn't have had. And the thing is, once I was at the hospital the first time, he thought about me. 
you know, like he, he wondered where I was, how I was doing. And he like, he prayed for me, even though I was long gone. He didn't know he was ever going to see me again. And then when he turned that corner and saw me, he lit up, I lit up and it was like, Oh my God, like we'd known each other forever. And it was fantastic. And we had an amazing, you know, two hour discussion and I received the Eucharist and he was like, I'm going to come back Saturday. I was like, I'll be here. You know, like, he gave me a beautiful rosary. He gave me a rosary for my mother. Uh, I had a connection with him. You know, I, I gave him the the uh, YouTube address so that he could listen um, to podcasts and stuff. But, I mean, it, he was somebody who was on my wavelength. Uh, Lady Awesome said, I thought like that, Shelly, till I realized how rare it is to have generational card readers. So many nowadays have taught themselves off the internet. Yeah. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with the way someone learns a craft, just saying it's rare. Yeah, it is. It is very rare to have that passed down because it's every card tells me a story. And five people can have the same card and it's a different story for every single one of them. Because it's the cards talking to me. That that's what they don't get. Like they're like, where do you see that? I'm like, it's that's that's the message it's giving me. Like I can't explain how it is. Daisy said that's the Holy Spirit moving in you. Praise God. And I do believe that. I do believe that. In order to read the cards the way I do, that's got to be part of the Holy Spirit because. There's no way I can know some of the things that I know on my own. And then why is it as soon as I give the reading, it's almost like completely wiped from my mind. I couldn't tell you more than like five readings that I've ever given in my life and only bits and pieces. And mostly it's when I tell people that they're going to get pregnant. And they're like, ha, 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 no. And then two weeks later, they're like, you bitch. Oh, I told you. <laughs> I told you. I told you, you were already pregnant. You were like, that's impossible. Okay. Like, just, just saying. Daisy, Daisy's having quite the day, as is winning, apparently. All right, let's finish this out. Um, oh, everyone over the choir. Let's see. But yay, so that's all done. I said, yeah, no, I just wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about religion. I'm so glad I told winning. I don't know. It's going to be a short thing because I don't know what to talk about. And then religion popped into my head and I said, oh, shit, I know what to talk about. Um, I really, I, I enjoy religious discussions. I don't enjoy religious arguments. I don't enjoy religious bigotry. I don't re enjoy religious hypocrisy, hypocrisy because there are people out there who claim to be so religious and so spiritual and they're mean as snakes and they're liars. And then you see these people like out there fighting for this side, that side, and they're on TV and they're here and they're there and they're so loud and it's so aggressive and all I could think is, do you think either one of you are making God proud with the way you act? Anybody think that God would say, hey, yeah, everybody fight amongst one another. 
Because that's what I wanted when I created, you know, life. That's what I wanted. I wanted you to be blowing each other up. I wanted you to be, you know, constantly talking shit about everybody and being nasty and whatever. I, I don't think that was in God's plan. I really don't. I don't. I think he had a lot more positive things in mind. I think he he hoped to have a beautiful, like, just warm, caring, loving world where people were happy and, you know, like, he could just watch everything evolve. Instead, they went and fucked it up. And he said, all right, then you're on your own. I'll be in the sidecar and see where we're going. I mean, I used to laugh, and the other day somebody said, Jesus is my this, and everybody's like, Jesus is my, Jesus is my, and I was like, yeah, Jesus is my co-pilot. Because he is. Everybody says, I need Jesus. I don't know, there was always something about Jesus, like, he, Jesus to me was never as approachable as God was, but then again, I never really dealt, I didn't like dealing with other people, I always like going to the big boss. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I ain't got time for like middle management. I don't have time for you to go through the bureaucracy. I need the head honcho. Like, just give me the head honcho. And that's pretty much what God is. God is like, you know, he's the head of it all, right? And I don't want answers to trickle down. Oh, girl, Lilith is going to be a whole thing. There's going to be a whole thing on Lilith. I've, I'm doing ongoing research, but that's going to be a whole thing. Yeah, I'm not getting into that now. But yeah, Lilith was, she was there at the beginning. Yeah, she, to me, um, she wanted to have that equal energy. And because of the way God made her, she had equal energy. And that didn't fit the bill. That wasn't the model that he wanted. So, yep. <laughs> she said, okay, so stay tuned. I have so many things to say about Lilith. Um, I spent, like, God, I think we were on the phone maybe four hours, me and Winning, talking about Lilith because he hadn't known any of the stories or any of the, the lore or, like, the theories. And I was just off on a tangent. Like, I don't think he's ever been that quiet. <laughs> and I was just like, are you, are you awake? He's like, yes, like, keep going. Because he just, he didn't know any of it. And he made quite a few connections that I hadn't made. So it's, it's interesting the way I'm going at it. But you'll see. That's coming up. Uh, I kind of want to get through the holidays before I tackle that because people going to be mad, but whatever. Um, Daisy said, yep, I learned long ago that people who prop up Jesus's um, prop up Jesus memes were the worst on the planet. They make me sick. I always have that in the back of my head when I speak on the subject. Yeah, I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form on any topic. But when it comes to religion, I, I have a relationship with God. You know, I have a relationship with Jesus. It's not, I never felt as close to Jesus as I did to God. Like Jesus was, that was, I don't know, my grandmother always talked to him direct. 
So I kind of felt like that was hers. I know it's so weird, but like, I will talk to Jesus. It's not like I don't, we're not buds or nothing, but I just, I feel more directly connected to God. Um, Same way, like Mary, a lot of women are very, very attached to the Virgin Mary. I wasn't. I didn't feel that for her. I felt it for St. Anne. Um, St. Anne was always the one that I went to. You know, she always, um, she always made me feel stronger. She made me feel like things were going to get better. Um, I would pray to St. Anthony all the time. My main go-to, other than God, is St. Michael. Or the Archangel Michael. Because that's my namesake. And I have a kinship with him that I don't feel with anybody else. You know, he's the protector. He will take on the devil no matter what. You know, and his answer for everything is the question. Who is like God? In other words, bitch, nobody's like God. Like, you don't get to claim that spot. Like, you know, out, devil. I will cast you back down hell every single time. He will defeat the devil every single time. And I need a warrior like that because I come up against the devil a lot. A lot for me, for other people. You know, so I need that strength. And he gives me that. So anyway, we talked for three hours and 45 minutes. So we're good. It's almost 12 o'clock. I'm going to go find out what the hell happened this morning that I missed because now I'm pissed off. And I love you guys. Um, from about 1997, 1999, I went to Lilith Fair, a tour Sarah McLaughlin put together for women artists. It was great. I remember that. Mm -hmm. That was the whole women's empowerment thing. Yeah, I remember that. It was all about female musicians and... It was great. It was, The music was unbelievable. But there's so much around Lilith that, oh my goodness, just so many different people that knew and so many people who don't know anything about it. Winning said it was fascinating. Oh, honey, coming from you, that's a very big compliment. Thank you. So anyway, I'm going to go now. Let's see. For a lady, awesome. Here we go. I deserve good things. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Alrighty, so. Good luck, we're all counting on you. Make sure you all do the right thing. And I want them to get me a winning. I need the shortened T-Rex baby steps thing. Because I want the short one. Please. Thank you. Uh, because, you know, when all else fails, ask winning for it. Uh, have a good one, Wolfie. I'm so glad you came by for this discussion. That was great. Oh, we had such a good one. Yeah, everybody have a great weekend. I will see you this weekend, Saturday night. I'm not entirely sure what winning's doing yet, uh, but I'm sure it's something. That's right. Hit that like button on the way out. Show me all the love you can if you can. Sunday, we will be doing our old school 
watch party. It was supposed to be on part three, The Trap, but I think he's doing Idiocracy. Are we going to watch Idiocracy after that? I think. I think that's what he said. Um, but yeah, so just we'll be putting the, the post up. Have no fear. It is. Okay. So Saturday night with winning. Sunday night, I'll be there with winning. And I will see you in the funny papers. Um, bye. Jersey girl. I know that you're a Jersey girl inside. 4am at a diner. Stop singing. Living on a And doggone it. People like me. I'm thinking maybe you're a Jersey girl with all those highlights in your hair. No other girl can move like you. We pump our fist and ride. Who the fuck starts a conversation like that? I just sat down.